This is Alma DeSantis. Eric Newman. Eric Hansen. This is Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Hi, this is Glenn Case. Nick Perdomo. Nicholas Perdomo Jr. This is Jerry from Ben and Jerry's. This is Jim Young from Davidoff of Geneva. This is the Cigar Authority. <laughs> the authority. Are you saying pal? On everything cigar. <laughs> in. I get it. And out of the cigar industry. I know what it entails. And I'm ready to nail it. With your host. You're, you're, you're funny. David Garofalo. I'm funny how? Like I'm a clown? I amuse you? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me. Mr. Jonathan. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Barry Stump. Sportos, motorheads, geeks, bloods, wastoids. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. And Chuck Morrison. I am 35 years old, and I live in a van down by the river. It's time to light him up. <laughs> it's time. For the Cigar Authority. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. June 6, 2015, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. And today, Mr. Jonathan is away on vacation uh, but get this, Skip Martins from Roma Craft Cigars is filling in for him. He's joining us not uh, via Nicaragua. He actually made the trip all the way here to New Hampshire. He's joining us uh, through the whole show, so stick around, everybody. Uh, looks like uh, he's going to make a big comeback, and we'll see uh, what happens with Roma Craft Cigars. Also, limited releases. Why are so many companies doing it? We're going to dig into that and give you our thoughts. We're going to give you your thoughts, too. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. You are listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world, that is always broadcast on location. This week from Salem, New Hampshire at Two Guys Smoke Shop. And we're the only show that just doesn't allow smoking. We insist. We demand you light up along with us. Tune in to us at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on YouTube and iTunes where you can set it and forget it. Thank you, Mr. Jonathan. And I love the fact <laughs> that there is nobody follically challenged up here today. There we go. Right. Oh, fa fa of, phallically challenged. Phallically or, or phallic. <laughs> Both. Both. So Skip Martin, Roma Craft, so psyched that you are here. Thank, Thank you so you. much for taking the trip on. Uh, I was with Skip uh, in Havana, Cuba, spent some time and got to know him. Then you got ill. Uh, we were all very worried about you, and uh, you're looking great, and you're feeling you. much better. feel a lot better, yeah. Good, 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 good. So uh, tell us a little about uh, your company, Roma Craft. You, didn't, um, you, you started off as a cigar lover yourself and then uh, not just went to a cigar factory and a cigar made for you. You went all the way. You're all in, right? Yeah, I, um, I'm a cigar maker, as I say. Yes. <laughs> Which is uh, a lot better than being a Dell worker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, um, I started smoking cigars when I was in the Navy. My, my family is a long line of cigar smokers like a lot of guys and um <coughs> i was you know a, i guess an occasional cigar smoker yeah um <clears throat> a friend of mine a friend of mine um asked me to babysit his humidor when he was on a trip and he came back it was half empty so i guess after that uh. i kind of picked up a little bit um and then for maybe i don't know 15 years or so i was a cigar smoker uh we had a house in galveston texas there was no decent cigar store so i accidentally got into being a store owner okay yeah um got hit by a hurricane they kind of accidentally got into being a cigar uh brand owner and then um 
had problems with tobacco supply and then accidentally became a cigar factory owner. Wow. So, um, just no. the way fate worked out for you and how it ended up happening. But yeah. you understand certainly all aspects at this point, every single end of everything except for the farming end of it. Well, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm still learning. I mean, yeah. every, every day I sure. learn something. Um, but our company um, actually is involved in everything from a little bit of pre-industry, a little bit of fermentation, okay. um, all the way through to um, the delivery. Yeah, but to, you, have, uh, you have to certainly purchase tobacco, so you have to know what you're buying. And, yeah, you know. and I have a great partner who's who's a tobacco guy, uh, Esteban Disla. Uh, maybe one, I mean, in my opinion, probably one of the uh, the the brightest uh, tobacco guys of, of his age. You know, in the forty year range, a lot of the good tobacco guys are getting older. Yes, <laughs> right? yes, they are. We so, all are. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, and then there's, uh, you know. I'm a business guy, really. I'm a business guy, and I'm a cigar smoker. And I'm, I'm a, you know, I, you know, I've, I've had a relationship, with not, not, you know, a, a, a friendship, I should say. Yeah, with Barry friendship is for, word, for right? a long time. And um, unless you want to come out and say anything today, <laughs> no, this I'm would okay. be the place you're in the right seat to do it. He's, he's huggable, right? Yeah, um, fabulous. <laughs> no, but I mean, I've known Barry um, for, for I guess Five maybe years. six. It seems yeah. like. More, six maybe. or seven, yeah, maybe. Seems I like guess. a lifetime, for God's sakes. I've yeah. known him for one year. <laughs> no, I mean, wow. you know, I, I I knew from when he was carrying like bodies around in the trunk of his Cadillac, yeah. and, you know, the <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, um, but you know, I'm I, that's my role. My, my role is I'm a business guy. You know, I know the fractions of a penny that the vegetable gum costs me yeah, for yeah, a cigar, yeah. that kind of stuff. And um, I have Esteban at the factory. Um, he he does a great job the most important job, which is uh, being a leader and managing the people and then kind of the other things take care of it. So, I mean, everybody focuses on, you know, you, this is your job as a retailer. You got all these great promotional ideas, but really your primary job here is to motivate, train, lead, develop. God, what a job. <laughs> people, Try to motivate right? people. It's, it's tough. But yes, I, right. I understand completely that you wear lots of different hats. For right, sure. right. All right, let's let's get to cut this so we can begin tasting it and talking about it. Right now, it's time to sure. cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence and this is what exactly is this cigar called this is a uh, roma craft tobacco crow magnon knuckle dragger so you went with a short name so everybody <laughs> could just roll off the tongue right <laughs> yeah. well roma craft tobacco is the company obviously yeah um there is no roma craft brand uh there is a craft brand okay um that's a that's a limited edition that comes out every couple of years right, we're gonna beat the hell out of you on that <laughs> that's one all right on. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um and so this is a you know, this is the the black label broadleaf petite robusto. That's the easiest way to, to kind of look at it. It's uh, it's part of our Cro-Magnon line. We have four lines: we have Cro-Magnon, Intemperance, uh, Neanderthal, and Craft. And this is the Knuckle Dragger. The Knuckle Dragger is four actually inch? the four by fifty-two. Four by fifty-two. Yeah. And we're going to use the uh, Vertigo Churchill to light this up today. The pre-light. Are you guys getting some raisin? I'm getting. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And Mr. The, uh, Jonathan isn't here, so he's not uh, pulling right. that apart. But I appreciate the effort, <laughs> Chuck Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> 
So no, we use a uh, Vertigo Churchill, which features four wind-resistant torch flames that change color so you can see when you're on the golf course. I did it yesterday. There is a fold-out cigar punch on the bottom that opens up past vertical, so people who like to smoke the 70 ring gauges won't have a problem with a hole punch. And there's a big-ass fuel tank on the lighter. Three windows so you can see how much uh, gas you do have on there. And uh, you can make sure you fill that up before you go on the course. But pretty cool when I'm there with green and blue all around me yesterday. And I have the one and only Vertigo lighter with the red flame that was on it. And everybody's like, that's great. And I said, you know how great it is? $24.99. That's how great it is. Were you golfing yesterday? I went to a golf course and gave cigars out at a golf course, but I didn't golf. Okay. It was for uh, a charity for the homeless veterans, and uh, they raised two hundred thousand dollars for them. Awesome. Great. Awesome. Skip's a, a veteran. You were in the Navy, correct? Yes. Yeah, I was in, in the Navy. Um, Gulf Thank War, you. Bosnia, in a um, underwater in a um, submarine. Yeah, I was a submariner. Uh, I was a. Uh, I went to nuclear power school, and so I was in engineering. So I basically was in the in the back of the boat most of the time. But uh, one of the first ways I started smoking cigars was I always wanted to volunteer to be the uh, the maneuvering phone talker, the sound-powered uh, phone talker. Okay. So I could stay up in the sail uh, during the maneuvering navigation in and out of port um, without being down in the submarine. So you yeah. actually get a little more air. Oh. So we'd sit up there and smoke cigars going in and out of port. So that was one of the... I was bribed. See, that's the, not where I would think is the <laughs> ideal spot to smoke cigars. Let me tell you, there's nothing better than smoking a cigar. Two guys, you know, the, the maneuvering officer, whoever it was. Yeah. Sometimes a harbor pilot would be there for a while, but, you know, sunset going out of Chesapeake Bay or coming into, you know, any, any port all over the world yeah. that I came in and out of um, Smoking a cigar, dolphins jumping over the hole. Wow. The sun, it's beautiful. Great yeah. place to smoke a cigar. But so. you can smoke a cigar underwater. Um, I think it would, it would be hard. I don't know the physics of smoking a cigar underwater, but <laughs> no. You, on, a, on a submarine, um, you're not allowed to smoke. But we did have a senior chief that uh, was a serious uh, nicotine addict. Yeah. And they let him smoke in front of the, the CO2 scrubbers. But everybody else was prohibited from smoking. Really? Because yeah. that would be like you'd be one of the few people. <laughs> yeah, I smoke cigars underwater. What? Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, a long we, story to it. Yeah. yeah. We were afraid the senior chief would kill somebody or poison our food if he didn't because uh, he was a mess. And how long underwater do you go at a time? Well, my boat was an intelligence platform. So, you know, sometimes we were out for two weeks. Sometimes we were out for three, four, five months. Um, wow. I think the longest we were ever under ever underwater was about 95 days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing is, they keep you uh, super tired. So you have 18-hour days. You work six-hour uh, shift, and you do maintenance and stuff for six hours, and then you're supposed to be able to sleep for six hours, which is when they do all the fire drills and flood drills. And oh. So really, you don't ever sleep. And so you're so tired, you don't have time to think about anything else, really. Really? You think it's done on purpose that way? Oh, yeah, intentionally, yeah. Yeah? They wow. feed you really good, and they deprive you of sleep <laughs> <laughs> and that's how to build an army folks that's how you do it right my goodness so was this your first one the uh cro-magnon yeah actually it was uh the blend was um i was trying to replicate 
long story short, I had this store in Galveston. And one of the things that I picked up on early on on trips to, to factories was similar to kind of what you do is you find kind of things that have been there forever that they don't know what to do with. Either they have 300 of them or they have yeah, 6,000 yeah. of them. So I would buy those cigars, whatever the factory called them, you know, Liga 2-1 or yeah. Lot 34-2-B or whatever. Um, I would buy them from um, Camacho and from the, the El Paraiso factory. Yeah. And uh, one of the most popular ones was a uh, was an original uh, blend of the national national Maduro, brand. the Maduro. Yeah. So um, Christian w- was going to reblend the national Maduro, wow. uh, which was a cheap bundle sure. short filler cigar, and uh, he was going to make it in kind of like La Unica. Remember when La Unica went from yep. being a bundle to a premium? Well, yep. So I think he was going to do that. He used a Connecticut broadleaf. Um, and it had a, I think it had, I think it had a Cameron binder, and it had uh, some Honda, really heavy Honduran fillers. Sure. And so uh, it turned. I, I know it very well. Right. I, I could get into a hole. I could talk to you for an hour about that. <laughs> it okay. turned out it was a really expensive version of that cigar, so they went a different direction after they had made seven or eight thousand of them. So I had bought all those from Christian and was selling them in, in my little store, you know, five or six dollars a piece. And after the hurricane, um, I had a bunch of Maria Martin at. Uh, Camacho or Caribbean, yeah, Carib, uh, Carib. Carib. Yeah. Uh, she, she, uh, one of the main ways I dug out of the hole from the from the hurricane was all the people I had who were buying through the mail these types of cigars. So you couldn't get anywhere else, right? So yeah. Christy at Rocky and and Maria at Camacho were sending them to me. Uh, I had set up this humidor in my no house. No band, nothing. No, they never had bands. Yeah. They were just in 50-count bundles. Because I remember meeting you uh, the, the, only the – this is the third time actually being with you, but the first time uh, was at a Drew Estate thing, and you gave me a cigar. Yeah, that you was this cigar. Interviewed. Oh, it was this? Okay, uh-huh. with no band on it. It had no – yeah, I mean, my thing was I had sold so many cigars um, without bands. Yeah. That, that was the lure of it was, you know, it was – don't don't be. It wasn't the packaging. It wasn't the the the, the label. It wasn't the name. It was. This is a cigar. I think is really good. and It's a good cigar for the money. Smoke it, and then it's kind of like pipe tobacco. If you like it, th- I'm the only guy you can get it. From. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the cigar stands for itself. It's nothing to right. do with. I like the name of it. I like what it looks like. It's yeah. no. The cigar stands right. For itself. And then when we when we decided to start selling into retail, uh, because I I had partnered up with Mike and. Um, so going back to this cigar, Mike Rosales, my partner from Roma Craft, yeah, the Mike, RO of Roma, yeah. Mike Rosales w- was one of the only guys I knew in Austin who actually went down to Central America and worked with factories. Yeah, he was Costa Rica. He was time. in Costa yeah. Rica, yeah. And so um, I said, "Hey, could you think you could reblend this cigar? Th- this cigar exactly. I want this cigar. This is what I know about it." And he came back from Costa Rica with a bunch of stuff that tasted nothing like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't think you can make this cigar in Costa Rica. He goes, well, we don't know anyone in Honduras because at that time, um, Camacho had sold to Davidoff. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I said, well, you know, who do we know in Nicaragua? And he was actually going down to spend some time with uh, Chris Kelly from Tessa. I don't know if you know Chris. Uh, Chris, I Chris, Chris's dad actually is one of the oldest gringo factory owners in Nicaragua. Um, he actually helped John Drew get okay. started. So, uh, um, he was going down to spend some time with Chris at Agro to look at some tobacco or something else. Um, and he said, hey, you know, this guy that works for me here in the U.S., Raul, his uh, brother runs Scandinavia. 
is the biggest company uh, of all, right, Raven right. Tobacco. You know, it, it just becomes STG. Before yeah. that, it was Latin Cigar that made all the, the Tarano, CAO, yeah. Gurkha. He said he runs that factory, every aspect of it. So he goes, if anybody knows, you know, he knows. Yeah. So he came back with this cigar um, in, in this size in a 5x56, and I'm like, this is it. I don't. I don't have to change anything. He's a pro it's, man. He knew yeah. to taste it. Yeah. They don't even peel it apart. They yeah. taste it and say, "This, this is what this is." It's Unreal. Crazy. It's, crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's not even the same tobaccos. But it, and so he took him five cigars. He 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 took. He smoked one while he was smoking one. He took the other three apart and then smoked the last one. Yeah. And then and then he went yeah. and made some cigars. When you deal wow. with the with the yeah. the old pros. It's amazing the difference of what ends it's up like happening. It's like Jedi. It's <laughs> it is. It's craziest thing. I've seen them eat the tobacco and stuff, and end up changing the blend and moving something around, chewing mm, it, right. not lit, and then they go for a different thing, and they go, "Okay, here it is," and then you go, "Wow, vanilla!" It's yeah. unbelievable. But you know, imagine a lady making a sauce or something. She takes a yeah. taste and she says, "Needs more oregano, needs more salt." It's exactly and, right. Yeah, and this is exactly how they do tobacco. It's nuts. Great analogy. Yeah. yeah so. Um, so I said, yeah, that's what I want. So we ordered some and, you know, long story short, we sold tons of them and, um, you know, we've just built the company a little by little and, um, it's what, four, four, four or five years now. Um, we started that, that trip to Nicaragua was in September of 2009. Okay. I think we sold the cigars for the first time, February, 2010. Yep. Right. So yeah, I know five. you for a minimum of six years because yeah. I remember when you were starting this whole thing. Yeah, because I think I sent you one of the first letters with the. Yep, yep. Wow. And huh. I remember you were selling the majority five of them through social media. Yeah, I was selling um in the first. I sold 80,000 five pack. They only came in one way. There were five sizes. They came in a sampler of five. One of each. Right. Yeah. I sold 80,000 cigars in three months before the first cigar was ever sold, smoked. Wow. <laughs> and funded the just, damn thing. Just through, yeah. <laughs> He's the original GoFundMe. Yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah. Through, just through Twitter and friends and people I know. How much the was industry. the five pack? I think it was 39 I don't 95 remember, but I remember ordering one. Yeah. So you got that 80,000, not 80,000 people, divided by five. At one point, that many people. I, at one point, I had, so I had given Esteban wow. a deposit. At, and at one point, I mean, because I owed money to uh, from from the store, sure that I I paid off all the stuff that I owed from that because I wanted to be back and then you don't want to show up at the trade show. Hey, remember I, I screwed you? For yeah. 40. <laughs> so um, so uh, you and, lost everything in the hurricane. You lost it all. Yeah, it was completely wiped out. Yeah. Uh. Um, there was a, a you know there was a couple of boxes of Florida Minicana, yeah. you know, <laughs> but uh. No, the, the um, at one point I had so much kind of cash. I mean, I had this little bank account, and I had so much cash in there. I'm like, I had no, no idea to do what to do with it, and I was like, uh, build I a factory. That's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what we did. Yeah, geez, I got some extra money. Yeah, I'll build a cigar factory. Yeah, move to Nicaragua that. and uh, start a whole new life. Yeah, and, and I thought I thought it was a lot of money, and then when I when I went down, oh, I talked, yeah. when I talked to Gus Cura, you know, as a retailer, you think, oh, this is a lot of cash. Yeah, you, know, you don't see cash flow like that, and then, yeah. I go down to Gus, talk to Gus Cure, and I'm like, hey, you know, Esteban says we're out of uh, Broadleaf. He got, you, you know, let's get some Broadleaf. He goes, I got plenty of Broadleaf. I got 40,000 pounds in. I'm like, well, let's get it. He's like, well, there's only about 3,500 of it that, that's these, uh, you know, large, dark, uh, Lajero, you yeah. know, certain kind. And um, I'm like, well, let's get it. He goes, all right. 
And so we walk over to this Pallone and I, I, I look at Esteban. I'm like, Esteban, this isn't the same. And, and he goes, that's exactly the same. And I'm like, well, because I knew nothing. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I knew absolutely nothing. Looks the nothing. same to me. And I said, this is beautiful, Ringo. but it's not the same. He goes, <laughs> he goes, no, that's not even been fermented. That, that's yeah, just yeah, out yeah. of the curing barn. He goes, that's a year from being ready. I'm like, a year? I need tobacco now. He goes, no. So then we go oh, in. And I, that's I signed, how it works. I signed the little paper on the pilon, and all of a sudden, I owe $89,000. Yay. <laughs> Reality hits. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, is that bankroll now? Yeah, I was, I was like, (laughs) it's funny. I was actually walking around at the time and I was like, well, let's make a cigar out of tobacco that's always available. And, um, he goes, I'm like, what tobacco is always available? Because we always have Ecuador Habano and we always have Ecuador Connecticut. So I said, okay, well, let's go look at Ecuador Habano. And I walk over and Mike Condor and, uh, and EP Carrillo are, are looking at tobacco. And, um, yeah, of course, I'm, this is before four kicks. They were looking at tobacco oh, before four kicks. kicks. Yeah, yeah, Ecuador Habano, and so uh, of course they're like, oh, you know, we weren't supposed to be seen or whatever. Yeah. So I was, you know, I'm not here. So I was talking to Carrillo, and I was like, you know, this is how did you get into this? What are you doing here? Because I knew him from a long, long time. Yeah, I, used to go, days. I used to go buy Wavells from him in Miami. Miami yeah, at his shop before before even aficionado came Me out. Me too. Yeah. Me too. So. Um, so all, real, all cash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All cash. Always cash. Yeah. So um so he goes, he says, uh, well, you know, Ecuador Habano, you know, that's what we're looking at too. He goes, but you know, you gotta look at this tobacco over here. It's a lot heavier and it's not really our thing, uh, because it's too heavy, but um, you know, for a small amount, it's heavy weight wise or heavy strength wise? Heavy uh texture wise. It was it was a higher priming, uh thicker leaf. Right, darker. Yeah. So it's gonna take longer to ferment. Uh so I went and looked at that, and I'm like, I love this. And and everybody's like, well, that's kind of ugly. And I'm like, no, I love it. I'm like, uh, let's use this. He goes, well, that'll be ready in a year, too. So, oh, God. <laughs> so that actually ended up becoming the Aquitaine. All right. So that was what we put on the – Because you, you had to wait a year. I had to wait another year. And then we came out with Intemperance. Now, did anything change – like, I'm looking at this cigar, and I'm feeling the cigar under my fingers. Did anything change between this cigar and that original pack that you put out? Because I kind of remember that being a thicker, oilier wrapper, where this has more tooth to it, hmm. a little bit more coarser under the fingers as well. So two, two things ha- changed because everybody asked me that question. They're like, man, I really love the first ones. Yeah, um, so the two things that changed were, one, the wrapper leaf that we get is a lot more consistent. The, the wrapper leaf we were getting early, early on was the wrapper leaf that was kind of like a, two years old. That was in the back. There's you know, 250 pounds of it. Nobody wanted it. Nobody could use it. Yeah, so it sat there. And so, so, so when we actually started, you know, now we buy, I don't know, seven, eight thousand pounds at a time, instead of forty pounds. At yeah, a time. yeah. So when when you're buying six, seven thousand pounds, um, I mean, it's gotten to the point now where I have to fly to the Dominican to go buy it. I can't even get it anymore in Nicaragua, which is a whole other story of, of of what's changed with tobacco supply. But, hmm. um. You to get consistency, you have to you have to get this block. And I mean, we probably have other than Brazil Adapadaco, which we have about seven years worth of it. Wow! Um, Just which, so people understand, I mean, you are a small, small factory, right? Of, of how many cigar rollers? Uh, we have uh, eight pairs right now. So sixteen people right. that are rolling cigars compared to some of these factories, gigantic factories. But and you have to do it the way they do. You have to buy years in advance mm-hmm. and without inventory of raw leaf right. the next year the next year doesn't happen and if you want those aged tobacco of the old one that left you buy seven years worth now 
Right. I mean, well, wow. I, I was talking to, before, when we were doing the intemperance, I was talking to John Drew and, and he says, well, you know, whatever you do, let me tell you a tobacco you never want to use. I'm like, he goes, Brazil Ataparaca. I'm like, I never heard of it. He goes, well, I know Mata Norte. I know Mata Fina. Yeah. He goes, Brazil Ataparaca, you don't, you ever, ever want to use that. So sure enough, the next day I get back to Esteban and I'm like, can I buy some Arapiaca? Have you ever heard of, <laughs> have you ever heard of Brazil Ataparaca? Because maybe he was trying to tell me not to use it because he wanted it all. Right? You know, he is the businessman, you know, his wheels <laughs> no, are turning. You, you know what? It's like Willy Wonka. It's like this thing that you've never heard of yeah. being around tobacco. And you're like, I want to try that. You know? <laughs> and they said they can't use it. So don't use it. It's no good. Yeah. So one of the few people anywhere using that rapper was um, Fidel Olivas and the, in the some of the blends that were coming out of Latin cigar. Hmm. So the the Tarano 1959 50 year, one of yeah. my favorite uh Taranos had that. The the CAO Brasilia had this rapper. And Esteban was telling me this and I was like, of course he's translating because this time I don't speak any Spanish at mm -hmm. all. I'm completely clueless, brother, yeah <laughs> at this point. I'm still a little clueless. But. No, you came a long way, brother. So um so anyway we we bought this Ataparaca that that John had gotten, had fermented uh, for like five or six years that um, the only person who used it was Fidel. Fidel bought it. It was so old. Fidel couldn't use it. So it was just sitting there. So we bought it and used it. Now we got to do that again. Yes. Uh, so you can't just buy seven year old tobacco. Unless of course you turn it into a one and done, you know, right? it's, <laughs> exactly. That's why you see a lot of this happen with small factories. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we go to buy some Brazil out of Paraca, which now instead of being, you know, $12 a pound is $28 a pound, which mm. is another thing. Um, yeah <laughs> and it's very very hard to work with but you have to we have to ferment that so you know we use about forty thousand thirty thousand thirty five thousand dollars worth of raw material a month but we have about a million i think as of last week about 1.1 million dollars worth of tobacco and it becomes more valuable more valuable because we know it doesn't go down that's price. why i don't mind buying it yeah but is that a year is that a year supply or is that a month supply like i don't know what 1.1 million divided by 39,000 is but it's i think it's about somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 months Okay. Some stuff we have a lot of, and you know, like Jalapa Seca, we may have three, four months of. But I think it comes out to thirty-eight months. Yeah, and that's tobacco for products that you already make today. Yes. So if you were to say, "Okay, I'm going to come up with the next new thing," here we go again. The same thing ends up happening. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So this is the crazy part of it. Which is why I love when people come to the factory and they go, "Hey, you know, I've been." I've been smoking cigars for a while. I think I'm going to come out with a cigar brand. I'm like, yeah. Good luck. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I, and then they say. Uh, they say, uh, they say uh, and I used to think Eric Espinosa was being kind of a jerk when he, he, he said, hey, you know, this is what I always tell people. How much do you have? Oh, I got 10000 Okay, go, go to the casino, put it on the table, double it. Now put it on again, double it. Put it on the, he goes, when you got about half a million, come talk to me. I'm like, oh, that's not true, you know? Yeah, right. But, you know, to do it right, you have to, you have to have, so when they come to me and they go, hey, I want you to make a cigar. I'm like, okay, well, how many cigars are you going to sell in the first year? If they can't answer that, they, which usually a lot of them don't, but. It's like, well, I'm going to sell, you know, 50,000 cigars. I'm like, well, that's, that's doable. Okay, 50,000 cigars, 25 grand in tobacco times, times two years. So let's, you know, let's, let's put $60,000 in the tobacco and we'll go look at it, you know. It's like, well, I don't have 60,000. I'm like, well, come back and see me when you <laughs> – because yeah. if, you, if you can't buy enough tobacco for two years, yeah. you, you shouldn't go out and build a brand. Absolutely. So along the way, any major thing you would have done different 
at this point that you saw and you say that, that was the biggest mistake? Somebody out there listening, you know, right now they just learned you better buy tobacco if you're coming out a couple of years from now or something. Stop buying it now. Right. <laughs> uh, but is there something, boy, this one, uh, you know, million dollar errors and. No, I mean, it's like you. It's like yeah. uh, I think you learn as much from your mistakes as you do from, you know, the things that just go right. Yeah. You learn more, a lot more from your mistakes. So painful mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Those That's are the it. ones that are more, more, most memorable. Uh, all right. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, limited releases. And uh, I wrote a little, uh, little story on that. And uh, we want to get your take on it. And uh, we got some things in the mailbag, and Skip's going to stay in uh, through the whole show. So stick around, everybody. I could talk to this guy for uh, four shows in a row, but we only got him for two hours. So uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in minutes. We're live from the LaFleur Dominicana Cigar Studios, high atop Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or diamond crown lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world. You release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities, time. The time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours. The time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar, sometimes as much as 10 years. The time it takes to hand pick, hand roll, and then carefully hand check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully filled. Mr. Punch is back with a new cigar that keeps it true to his name. Introducing Punch Signature, a flavorful, fuller-bodied cigar from Punch featuring a specially cultivated Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper and rich Nicaraguan fillers. The wrapper brings the deep history of Ecuadorian tobacco and Punch into the present with this new exciting leaf. You're not going to see that wrapper anywhere else in the market, so you owe it to yourself to grab one today. The new Punch Signature, true to its name. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Oh, yeah. You think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? 
Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? So. I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah, they're delicious too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say it's Lagiana Havana. Oh yeah. There was a time when cigars were the hallmark of elegance and success. In this time gone by, the aficionado would revel in opening a beautiful box, only to find their favorite celebratory smoke emblazoned with a heritage-laden band. It's time to put the bundle down and travel back to this golden age. For your voyage, may we humbly suggest the only cigar worthy of being packaged in a handmade marble box. Berlin Wall Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more. It's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Jose. Hi, this is Pete Johnson from Tatawai Cigars, and you are listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we're going to go to a Pete Johnson cigar in the next hour. We're going to put it head-to-head against the uh, Knuckle Dragger uh, because it matched up in size-wise, so we thought we'd do that. We have Skip Martin from Roma Craft, and uh, this is the Knuckle Dragger we're smoking. We are at half hour into this thing. It's only four inches, four and a half, four inches. Um, we can get an hour out of this thing. Oh, easy. Or, Imagine or, two, or two. One and I don't even think you're a full inch into yours. As much as I talk, I can get two hours out yeah, of this. Yeah, the drawer, it's, per, it's packed. It's solid. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like a piece of wood. You, you don't know if it's going to draw. It draws perfect. Yeah. Is that why it burns so slow? Is that the answer? Mm -hmm. It's the density of the, of the leaf, which I think, um, to me, contributes a lot to the, uh, to the body. I always talk about because I think people confuse body and strength. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I remember when you guys first smoked this. I guess maybe ten shows ago. Yeah. Um, you guys were talking about how strong it was. It's actually not very strong from a nicotine perspective, um, but from a body perspective, it, it's very flavorful. And it's, yeah, yeah. So, like for example, you can have wrong a, finish. I can taste it still for yeah. You know, until I get the he, he, Chuck said raisin. I always I always get like an anise, like a anise, like yeah. a yeah. The little sting, yeah. yeah, that kind of kind of sambuca kind yeah. of uh, yeah. flavor, but then it's also the meat fat. 
the the kind of charred meat kind of meat fat flavor that comes off of it and um that comes from the texture in the tobacco and that's that adds the body almost kind of like a guinness stout mm. in some states guinness stout can still only be three and a half percent alcohol right but you can have an ipa that's really crisp and refreshing and, and bright that's 12 percent alcohol yes well which one has more body the stout obviously yeah. has more body it's like right. a loaf of bread right whereas whereas you the, which one has more strength well, the one that has more alcohol by volume. So I think, you know, if we could get to a point where we talk about tobacco or cigars in the sense that body is like the stout versus the IPA and strength is, is a pure nicotine number. Yes. Which, which I don't need the FDA to, to analyze and tell right. me that, by the way. But um, <clears throat> do you have a way to do it? Do you know your nicotine contest? I know approximately the, the, the nicotine values of different leaves we use. Okay. Um, which is kind of how we blend it. After the fermenting. After the fermentation, okay. yeah, right. um, and also different parts of the leaf have different course, nicotine yeah. content. So, um, where you break the leaf, where 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 you put things in the bunch, um, what components you put back into the bunch, all affects um, the nicotine content of the cigar. Which is why, by the way, no 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 two cigars in a single box are going to have the same nicotine content. So the whole let's analyze in the lab is just complete BS. Ah, I know. Anyway, I, so. I don't see how that ends up happening. It's going to be crazy. But uh, and you have to worry about uh, you have five years in. You need seven years in right now. You got to be worried. You know, I, I'm like um, Ziggy. I don't I don't worry. Right. <laughs> You're going to see what happens and then zag. You know, my thing is, is that we're a lean company. We make really good products. We don't owe money to anybody. We have a lot of inventory. Um, you know, if I have to pay fifty thousand dollars a blend to 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 the government to to keep my products in the market, I feel like we'll still be one of those companies that's around. We're built to 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 make it through that. So. You know, I, I saw something on social media yesterday. Somebody asking, uh, "What do you think the top micro brands are that are in the United States of cigar brands that were there?" And a whole bunch of people chimed in. I don't know if you got a chance because you were flying a lot yesterday. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it. Yet. Well, you have to see it because. It, it's a long, long, whatever they call it, tale of uh, everybody chiming in on it. But this cigar is there over and over and over and over again. Uh, not even close. There's no second place. It's so far Pro ahead Megan. of everybody. Yes. Wow. Or Romacraft. Romacraft yeah. cigars, okay. yeah. They are the true boutique brand. If, you know, it allows you word to say because boutique is from a store. Well, I used the word craft. Yeah, which, yeah. Which I tried to trademark before Nick used it. But, yeah. <laughs> or before Rocky used it. But. Right. Um, actually, Kiki had it before me. Really? So, um, this is the problem with this yeah. whole industry. But Kiki gave me permission to, to yeah. use it. But, um, you know, I think, um, you know, here's the thing. When we started making cigars, the way the way we started our company, which which Mike and I would sit down, and Esther or Esteban and Mike and I would sit down, and we would say, how do you want to do it? You know, first of all, you're a cigar smoker. You, you, I was a retailer. You, you've made cigars. You know, do you want to have a humongous factory? No. How, what, how big is the perfect size factory? Okay, well, let's make it that size. You know, what, what do we need in the factory? Well, let's do that. What kind of equipment do we need? Let's do that. Um, do you feel like that you cut yourself short, that now you're really rolling and you wish you made it bigger? No, not, no? not at all. I, I, to me, um, you know, I've, one I've, respect, you're saying I'm a businessman, I'm working right. numbers and stuff. Me as an entrepreneur myself, you see the size of this place. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I'll grow into it was, it was the idea, and I did. Yeah, for us, um, I wanted to be big enough to to take care of everybody that was involved, um, so the company itself could take care of everybody and provide a really good living. 
but not but big enough only so big that that I could still be involved in all the pieces that I want to be involved in. I mean, I worked at a company that had 200,000 employees. Yeah. I had employees lit. I had people that worked directly for me in 14 different countries all over the world. And so, you know, I would fly everywhere. I, I had no idea what was going on. You know, I would listen to a phone call every now and then and go, man, I'm so disconnected from what's actually happening. And, um, I, I, I like being involved. In, yeah. You in, want all aspects. Yeah. I understand. I, I work seven <laughs> days a week cause I want to be involved all the time. <laughs> right. All right, I want to get to this limited release thing um, and uh, get your take on it and uh, let people uh, hear my thoughts of it. Uh, first off, what makes a limited release? The term limited release is used as marketing incentives for various kinds of, of uh, products. Originally, products uh, related to art, such as books and prints and recorded music, uh, films and things like that. That's how it started off later, uh, turning into cars, wine, whiskey, and now, of course, what we see all the time in this industry is cigars. Limited release of cigars is restricted to the number of cigars produced. That's what makes it a limited release for various reasons. Uh, although the fact of the number may be very low or very, very high. Somebody has a limited release, a giant company, Scandinavian Tobacco, their limited release may be more than your whole production. Right. <laughs> um, the first limited release uh, that I can recall was Punch Rear Corojo, since I've been in the business, dating to the early 90s. I remember when that came out, and this is a limited release, came out the first time as supposedly the only time, but um, later, 25 years later, since I remember that coming out, it still is there today. Uh, how limited is that? Um, it really, truly, isn't a limited release that comes out once a year, so it should be a seasonal release? Or And I rethought uh, my answer. I think the first one for me was the Partagas uh, 150. Yes. That was probably the first yeah, one for me. That was my first, yeah, Partagas yeah. 150. We launched that cigar. <laughs> two Guys Smoke Shop did it uh, two weeks in advance of our 10-year anniversary. So that's 20 years wow. old yeah. uh, coming up in this September. will be Crazy. 20 years wow. of that coming out. Uh, then they tried a Partagas 160, which is dismal failure. It was uh, the Punch Rear Corojo was the limited release from Villazon and Company at the time. The owners of Punch and Hoya de Monterey, which uh, was a Honduran company, later sold to General Cigar, and uh, they said, "Wow, this works out good. We're going to keep going with it." Mm. Uh, today, um, uh, Swedish Match owns a Scandinavian Tobacco. It's a giant conglomeration. The limited releases, like I say, huge, huge number. It's not very, very. It's not scarce. It's limited to some gigantic number. I remember even automobiles that came out, the, you know, a Cougar Limited or something. How many are you making? You know, as many as people will buy. <laughs> uh, today, just about every cigar brand has what they call the limited release. We see it happening more and more. Some entire brands are just limited releases. Companies out there, you know who I'm talking about. They just have just limited releases, special editions, shop yeah. exclusive. Yep. Yeah. Um, deluxe editions, uh, collector's editions, on and on. It just keeps growing. And, and uh, as a retailer, and we have everything here. We have consumers in this show, consumers, retailers, and cigar manufacturer. So uh, as a cigar retailer, our shelves, and I, and I know I'm speaking for every retailer out there right now, our shelves are exploding from limited releases because some of them sell and some of them don't sell, and we still have the old ones, and here comes the new limited release from them, and the old one's still there. And, fact, you, and you, get, you get caught in that trap at the trade show. Yes. Where yeah. you're like, if I don't order it, My I'm going to miss the boat. Will. I <laughs> missed the boat on the, on the one. And then you do order, and it turns out to be a huge <laughs> yeah. turd, and you're like, what the hell am I going to do with all these? Exactly true. <laughs> 
Um, retailers have no space on their shelves and a glut of brands and sizes in full production, yet manufacturers keep adding these new additions. My question was, as I was putting this together, why is this happening? Why would a manufacturer choose to work on a blend, a design, packaging, marketing, advertising, everything that goes into it, you know the work that goes into the original blend of it and acquiring the tobacco and everything, ultimately making it extinct by plan. This is the idea that this thing is going to go away. Uh, why would it be done over and over, copied, copied virtually by every single cigar company that's out there? So what are the possibilities? So I came up with 10. Add, jump in if uh, you hear uh, something that doesn't, doesn't get mentioned. But insanity would be my first <laughs> choice. Poor logic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're doing it because maybe everybody else is doing it, and I better get mine out there too. Um, shelf space is, um, is number two. There's very little available, so a manufacturer is actually trying to claim space in a shop and says, let me get my limited release out there, taking space away from the next guys that won't be able to get there. There's the rush to uh, manufacturing at that point. Hmm. Turn something into nothing. We talked about tobacco. Now, there's only so many pounds of this and this and this. A good restaurant. They're gonna, yeah. They have chicken left over from yesterday, and they got some vegetables left over, and they make chicken soup or wh whatever's going to do it. So how do you turn chicken crap into chicken soup? You make, you know. Pot pie. You, yeah, use the stuff that you have. Uh, and I know it happens in factories. I know these little manufacturers do it. Uh, creative. That's a, a great thing that you love being creative and come up with things. Uh, we all do. I mean, we're in this industry and we want to be creative. So we come up with a limited release just to, to feed our creativity. Pre-orders. A manufacturer takes orders like you did on a product you didn't even have out yet, um, of, but in this case of a new limited release that no will sell because they haven't even made the cigar yet. They're going to pre-sell it and it's a guarantee. It's a 100% guarantee to that cigar manufacturer. Or what do you call the guy that doesn't manufacture a cigar that just goes, you know, there's a whole bunch of them out there. You're, you're not one of them. You actually have a factory. But is You mean any, like a brand, brand yeah, owner? Yeah, a brand or, owner, yeah. right? He's just a yeah. brand owner and then goes to a factory and says, what, what do you got left over? Yeah. All right, let's make it into something. And uh, they have it. Number six is the cleanup. A manufacturer wants to get rid of materials, not buying things uh, again in the future, having in stock, uh, a little of this, a little of that, much like the um, uh, turning something into nothing. Uh, product launch attention. Here's, uh, Barry, you can speak for this, yep. that limited releases get a lot of attention. Yep. Right now on social media, the biggest thing is uh, Las Calaveras. Um, and actually, Crown Heads oversold. They had to cut everybody's order roughly 15%. Wow. So do you think they're going to do it again? Of course. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Yeah. I'll say. Yes. So we're feeding it. We're feeding it, retailers. And uh, the consumer, I don't know if you're going to buy it or not. You bought it last time. I'm hoping you buy it, bought it this time because we sold out, so we bought more. We thought we bought more, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what we're going to get. Uh, if they do keep it so limited, then it will go through also. But we yeah. bought more on purpose yeah. because of it was so successful last time. And what is going to happen this time, we're going to see. Well, it also poses now an issue for you as a company because we thought we were getting in X, where in reality we're getting in Y. So 
I have the list from everybody on the internet because you know they know I work over in mail order. Yeah, they pre-buy, not pre-buy, but pre put put mine aside. Right. So I, me and Ed, when we take it in, we can actually move everything without putting any in any of your stores. So now we're gonna piss off the regular customer yeah. if we do it all in a mail order, which you don't want to. do. And if we don't do it all in mail order, you're gonna have people on social media bitching that. Hey, they said that I'd probably be able to get it, and the keyword was probably, and now I can't get it. Screw those guys. Yeah, yeah. And it winds up hurting us to retail. It does. And this this all began with the Opus X craze when that first started. And you know, most retailers would be happy when Opus X arrived. And I used to look at it and say, Oh God, <laughs> now I'm gonna have fights with my customers. Uh, I'm gonna limit them. The guy comes in and buys a box of cigars every single week. Comes in this week, oh Opus X came in, yeah, give me a box. No. <laughs> you never wanna say no as a retailer, you never wanna piss them off right. and, and this, we we had that whole discussion. I used to, uh, I used to trade Opus X on the East Coast with for Diamond Crown on the West yeah. Coast. Yeah, and then I, I just how I kind of supplied my little cigar habit. I did the same thing, thing. <laughs> and I got really caught on that. Me yeah. and Pete Johnson when, <laughs> but I wasn't a retailer like yeah. you. So I did it with Pete Johnson at Gus's <laughs> Smoke Shop, and we got caught, and we, and we both uh, had to pay the consequences, which was no no Fuente at all for thirty days. Uh, cheap for the manufacturer. And I answer this if this is correct. For a small company, uh, it wasn't limited, so they never were able to stock it. Uh, they can sell and control the, all the brand uh, limited release uh, without um, an expense to go to market. I don't. For me, that's not true because every SKU has a cost associated to it. You had to set. You have to set it up in the computer. You have to track new materials. You have to. So you know the well. Your manufacturer never advertised. Yeah. yeah. So, so the more the more we haven't pitched it yet, but this is going to happen after the show, folks. If you want to stick around, <laughs> I think I think this, the, 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 e show. the easiest answer to why anybody does anything is because is because they either like doing it or because you can make money doing it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So if if retailers weren't buying it, um, manufacturers, if uh, customers weren't buying it, retailers wouldn't buy it. So obviously, I think there's a lot of things that happen, and you know. I think the fact that people started buying humidors and could store cigars um, yeah, yeah. became uh, one of the reasons why people would would try to track down, re you know, vintages or whatever. Um, it, I th the main reason why, the legitimate reason to do a limited edition is there's a material that you have that doesn't fit into anything else you work with, and it is what it is. You're not going to get any more of it. Like for example, you have the, you buy a bunch of Ecuador Habano. You use it for four kicks. Yeah. You have some of it that's heavier, darker. It just doesn't, doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. Yeah. So you come out with the mule kick. But don't right? you, don't you have the ability to sell that tobacco off to somebody else? You, you can. Do, yeah. You can. There's no swapping. There's no any of that going no, on. No, but if you sell it to another factory, you're going to say, okay, uh, I've got some Ecuador Habana. Okay. I'll, how much you got? I got 275. No. Oh, like, they, what am I going to do with that? Yeah, yeah. But if they're using Ecuador Habano anyway, there's another extra. Yeah, thing. like if, if, for example, if, if Carrillo had come to me and said, hey, I got, I'm yielding out, you know, about 10% of really heavy. I know you use really heavy in Aquitaine. Can you buy that for me? It, but it's just not worth the time and effort to do that. He told you hmm. don't don't use um, the Brazilian Arapiaca. John, right. So, John, so they tried it. It means they have some left. I'll take it. I ended up using it. I like it. They got it. Give it to me. Yeah. Sell it yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's that, junk to you, but, but it's it was, gold but to But it me. was thousands of pounds. It, you know, yeah. So, okay. I mean, yeah. 
there could be a broker in between that could be getting a little ten percent kick from each person, a broker. This is another business, right? But here. it's like oh, you said, it's, yeah. it's the other things too. I mean, it, it is it is kind of interesting to to have, you know, to be creative and, and yeah, yeah. things. Um, so I got a couple more left. Um, their regular stuff lost their luster. So you got your regular brand out there. Nobody's paying attention to it. Um, bad, bad example. Four Kicks is doing okay, but let's assume Four Kicks isn't doing good. So they're going to come out with this. this um, uh, Las Calaveras. Las Calaveras, and maybe Jetstart therefore kicks again. Does does that end up helping Jetstart their brand? Um, I'm just trying to come up with why is everybody doing it? Personally, I think it hurts the brand because people are sitting and waiting for the limited release where they forget and they put the regular production mm. off to the side. They're competing with their own brand yeah. and not getting that like, off on the road. Like me as a cigar smoker, I haven't picked up a four kicks in a while because I'm waiting for the Angel's Anvil, which is the TAA that's coming out. I'm waiting for the Las Calaveras, yeah. which will be in on Monday. And, and, the, and the regular brand is going to sit there. Right, and I've lost interest in their regular brand. Wow. It's become and, the and limited. They've, and they've kind of lost interest because they're not talking about their own brand. They're talking about their limited release that's going to be limited, which is limiting the amount of sales they can make on their regular stuff. And the last one is uh, testing a blend. Would you come out with a limited release? Testing the blend to see if people like it. Hmm. We have a winner here. Okay, let's actually make a full full blown brand. But you don't see a lot of that. No, Lafleur no. Dominicana just did it. They took the TAA of 2014, which was a uh, seven by seventy, and it was limited to TAA stores, and it did well that they re-released it as the 707. Oh. that's for good. That's yeah. for good. So they took a they test blended a uh, a blend. Yeah, test marketed rather. So the long and short of this is. This continues to go to happen all the time. Why does it continue? Um, those are some of the reasons I would think why it ends up happening. FDA could squash this whole thing and these things go away completely. Uh, with that will be manufacturers that go away because they, they have not built their own brand. And I'm yeah. glad I have you on here because a lot of the companies I that could have been sitting here um, would have been the ones I would be talking to <laughs> that, you know, because you really haven't done a lot of that. Uh, well, we, we have a lot of store exclusives. So I would add two things to the list. One is events are such a huge part now of, of the cigar culture that sometimes as an added incentive, you want to have a cigar that's only available at events, right? So you want to have something that when someone who supports your brand day in and day out in the store comes to the store for an event, um, you know, they've, they already, they've been buying boxes of knuckle draggers. They have knuckle draggers in, at home. So, so you might want to have something there that they don't normally see. So I think that kind of started but with... But does the customer now get off your knuckle dragger and go on to that? No, it's, it's kind of more one of those things like, hey, here's something special. Let me give it to you out of my pocket. I mean, I remember back in the day, Carlito Fuente gave me a, a, a little BMF or BBMF or something. Yeah. It was like sticking out of his pocket. I was like, oh, man, because you know, like, I'm a great weasel. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, what is that? He's like, oh, this is here. You know, you can have it. And... um. You know, I saved it forever, but eventually I smoked it. But so you're a um, geek. You're so, a, so, you're yeah. A geek. You're oh yeah, from way back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so there's the event thing, and then I think also because of the different tax structures around the country, <clears throat> we have retailers that really support us, say in California or in New York or whatever. Sometimes you you, you release a certain size. Let's say a Lancero. Lanceros don't same sell. blend though. Lanceros don't sell. Yeah. This is an example. We sell an Atlato. It's a Cro-Magnon Lancero. Because it, because of the blend, because of the size, we make it tobacchiato, which means we don't use a mold. We we roll it in a newspaper, dry it in the sun, roll it tighter, dry it in the sun. It's a really long process. So it's not feasible to make that as a production cigar. 
but people were asking us for a Lancero, this, you know, this Lancero craze back, you know, you remember for yeah, the, all, for the social media. Right. So I don't think it really ever existed. I think Charlie Minato started it all, but yeah, <laughs> but I don't think it ever existed in, in, in your top retailers. Right. But there's still, but are, there's a social media yeah, thing. There are definitely people who love Lancero. So we gave that Lancero to a retailer who's in a high, high tax district. So there'll be a bunch of people phone, phone, you know, calling and getting that cigar from that retailer who doesn't normally sell online. It doesn't normally yeah. do mail order. So he generates a little business. Yeah, he probably does you know, very well. He has the whole country exactly. for that. So that's another reason to kind of do it. From, so you're doing a favor for a retailer, helping them out and say, right. here, here it is. There. Now, right, Rudy, right. Rudy in the chat room says, what about for vanity purposes that these limited, emission, limited editions are made? It's like making a statue to themselves, much <laughs> like somebody would get a vanity license plate. Well, that's the whole, which Dave has the one, whole brand. So I feel really the bad saying that. Right. <laughs> it's the whole brand is a. There's one of the things there's no shortage of in the cigar business, and I'm no exception, is ego, right? So, oh, God, I'll right. say. So so do you think some of the LE could be the fuel of a person's ego? No, I don't think that so. That's more of a vanity thing? Hey, people are chasing my cigar. I don't think so. So I have a question. Yeah. With the new FDA regulations, is this going to impact limited editions? It'll I go mean, away. It would, it's going to yeah. go away, right? Yeah. yeah. Go away completely. It's awful. And then I, I bring this up because, you know, I think we're days away from end up hearing this, uh, the final outcome of what's going to happen. We're, we're in June, and uh, that was the date they had it scheduled. Uh, if they it would be the first time the government actually makes it on time, but uh, <laughs> seeing it's going to hurt us so bad if it happens, I can I, I think they are going to make it in time. Um, and some of these companies need to have to go back to real business. And uh, I remember the old days, really built brands that were there. That let's take Punch for instance, Punch Rothschild. People come in get handfuls of Punch Rothschild, and that was the go-to thing and it happened with Fuente and it happened with different things as limited releases come out you know you, you don't see an advertisement you don't see any energy put into a punch Rothschild nor any company on their core brand of you know look at cigar aficionado the advertisers in any of the cigar magazines Fuente will not advertise their regular brand but they advertise the Opus X only something we barely get as retailers why promote that and nobody's promoting their core regular brand that could actually Baccarat, for instance is the number one brand yeah of all davidoff they haven't advertised or promoted their brand i mean they, they do i think 15 million Baccarat cigars nothing is it to move the product because it knowing that they, it sells by itself and it grows by itself and there's no energy and effort put into it I say to the manufacturers when I talk to them, and I'm on advisor boards and talk to these manufacturers all the time, I said, you got a, a, a brand going downhill fast, and it's growing it by itself. Imagine giving it a push, how much further it could go, instead of taking all your energy and putting into this thing that you made a couple of thousand boxes exactly. of, and that's the end of it, and that's where all your attention, all your social media, all your advertising, everything is going into that, and nothing goes into the core brand, which is what you really want to grow. Why isn't anybody doing it? I'm so confused. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is the, part of it is you just want to manage the overall umbrella brand, and not necessarily, like I want to manage Roma Craft. I don't necessarily want to manage Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal or Intemperance. And so, so I think sometimes what it does is, you know, when, you know, Pete is a great example. 
I, I imagine at this point Pete wishes he never did the Monster series because yeah, it's, probably, yeah. it's probably more of a pain in the ass for him than it oh, is. Oh, and all the attention on that. And what about his regular core lines that are good cigars? And this. And, but here's what I, what I believe, right, is I, is I believe there's probably a few guys out there who, who never smoked Tatsuwahi who just collect these, these Monster yeah. things so they can sell them on right, the secondary market right. or whatever, like scalpers. But, you know, there are guys who are Saint and Center guys who smoke Tatsuwahis day in, day out, brown label or, yeah. or, or whatever – or Latier now, yeah, and 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 I think every now and then they just just they just get rejuvenated by this cool thing that comes out from this company that they support. So maybe it's well, just that I don't know. Maybe they could say this is the this is the Tatuaje that ended up putting there. We're, we're going to smoke something from Pete Johnson in the next hour, which was a, a limited release that came out four years ago, and we're going to see it uh, come come out come back. In a matter of a week or so, uh, we'll tell you about that when we get back. Uh, we're going to go into uh, all our segments here, uh, uh, including that story on that cigar that's going to come out in the next hour. We got the question of the week. We got Old Fart Freddy and lots more. We're with Skip Martin from Roma Craft. We have been smoking the uh, Cro-Magnon Knuckle Dragger. Uh, one hour into it, I got another 15 minutes of this bad boy. I got another hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you smoke a lot slower. Yeah, It's amazing, right? It is it is a full flavored, stronger than my normal type cigar that I would smoke. But I'm you see me getting through it. I yeah. mean, I'm not having a problem getting through it. Will I get through the next cigar we're about to smoke? I don't know about that. Stick around, everybody. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. We'll be back in just minutes with Skip Martin on the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. And when you're smoking your Crow Magnet Knuckle Dragger. Always remember to keep the lit end out of your mouth. We'll be back. Truly bold cigars like a good story. Perfectly crafted throughout. And you never want it to end. Take it from Rob Weiss, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and a creator of the award-winning TV series Entourage. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor, comes two that go head-to-head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action, adventure, and bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar & Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, 
The collection is available in three distinct wrappers, aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? What if La Gloria Cubana stopped at the legendary Siri R? One thing's for sure, they wouldn't have created Siri R as to leave. Discovered on a Nicaraguan mountainside high above the Jalapa Valley floor, this extremely flavorful Nicaraguan puro combines a Jalapa Soul wrapper with a bold combination of Visos and Lajeros. It's a medium to full-bodied cigar that's worthy of your discovery. Learn more at lagloriacubana.com slash what if and find yours now at fine tobacconists everywhere. This is Jonathan Carney with the Florida Vancana. I'm J.R. Dominguez. This is John Hart. This is Victor Vitale. Hi, this is Pete Johnson. Steve Saka. Hi, this is Phil Zangi. This is a little bit of shake. Is the Cigar Authority. Dan Faith. The authority on everything cigar. Shake And out of the cigar industry. Do it. With your hosts. That's a lovely accent you have. David Garofalo. New Jersey. Austria. Austria. <laughs> well, then. day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Mr. Jonathan. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, hey Zeus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. Barry Stein. That's what I love about these high school girls. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> and Chuck Morrison. Is this your place? No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! We get some meatloaf! It's time to light them up. There's no smoking in here. It's time. Oh, it's all right, darling. I'm a volunteer fireman. For the Cigar Authority. Hey, shake it back, gal! Woo! Shake it back! Do it. And we're back with our number two, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. And we're going to light up a four-year-old limited release. Uh, they may be making a comeback next week. We'll tell you about that. We're just uh, wrapping up. The Cro-Magnon Knuckle Dragger from Roma Craft with us is Skip Martin. Skip, a question for you. Um, I put the cigar down. We went to break. I was talking to you during the break. It stays lit. It goes back to the density of the of the. Back to density. Yeah. Back to density. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. You're listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world. It is always broadcast on location. This week, high atop the worldwide headquarters of Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist and demand that you light up along with us. Tune into the CigarAuthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand anytime. Simply find us on YouTube and iTunes where you can set it and forget it. Okay. <laughs> So it's the density of the, of the leaf of tobacco that keeps the combustion going when you put the cigar down. Yeah, and it's the it's the construction overall. I mean, it's the channels um, are in there. So while you sit it down, there's still kind of a vacuum effect that that happens through the cigar a little bit, and then because um, some cigars you, you you put it down for. One second. minute goes down, boom, relight. They relight. must be sprayed with that cigarette stuff. Yeah, the, the, and yeah. The, the, the retardant, what do they call it? The Cancer? Yeah. Saltpeter. Saltpeter, yeah. Saltpeter. Uh, pretty amazing cigar, yeah, right I'm down making... to the nub. Uh, again, it started off at four inches. Well, and... I, I don't remember you mentioned this, but I can tell you this. When we were in Cuba, yeah, you smoked a lot of cigars. Yes. Some of them were it... work. 
But I can tell you, you smoked a lot of Romacraft. Yes, <laughs> I did. I will tell you, and I, and I said it to you there, and I'm going to say it. I had an intemperance. We went out to uh, uh, Smokey Joe's, whatever it was, mm -hmm, uh, Smokey mm -hmm. Joe's, and uh, smoked a lot of Cuban cigars that day. I went through 50 uh, cigars during that uh, six-day trip, and um, we had a intemperance, and I wasn't even joking, and I told you, I'm not even kidding you. This is the best cigar I smoked while I was down there. Hands Thank down, you. wasn't even close. And for those out there thinking we're always talking about stuff that we sell, we don't even carry the brand yet of Intemperance. Right, it's, right. it's the line we don't carry. Um, that's why I wanted to smoke it. And hands down, I mean, it was mm -hmm. by far the quality, the age, everything compared to what we tried down there. I mean, it was you don't, you don't have to get yourself in all the trouble I got myself in. But well, I can well, tell you the hopefully, ladies. <laughs> hopefully we'll have some time to get to this mailbag later yeah. to address some of the issues that we Go ahead. Go ahead. Reel it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so this, so this, email, is, this is the kind of stuff I get, so whatever. This uh, is this week's. I, believe me, I get, I get stuff all the time. It's you're, you're, the, you're the smarter guy. I actually <laughs> – I, I, throw, I throw whatever I'm thinking, I actually say it's terrible. I gotta, the problem is, is you, you have the ability to not respond. I get I get sucked into every troll conversation, yeah. like, oh, no. and I have to respond. Big time. Yeah, oh. so. so the following email was submitted uh, through the Contact Us page on the CigarAuthority.com, and it comes from Brian Meredith of Redondo Beach, California. And he goes on to write that there's something that's been bothering him since the report on the visit to Cuba, yeah. which was great, by the way. Wow, you're the only one. First, let me say, <laughs> after listening to you for several years, you have earned my trust as the true cigar authorities. Wow. It's always good to kiss a little <laughs> right beginning. before you slam yeah. the hammer down. <laughs> but I truly appreciate everything you have done to benefit the cigar industry, and I have absolutely no doubts about your integrity. So when you reported that Cuban cigars were made with the same tobacco and brands were established later, I was completely confident that is exactly what you saw and experienced on your visit. However, I've smoked many Cuban cigars over the years, and yes, I've been sucking into a few counterfeits, uh, and I have experienced a wide variety of tasting notes that change from brand to brand, just as they do with cigars from other countries. Also, Cigar Aficionado has visited Cuba and given their reviews on Cuban smokes for decades, and they always reported varying tasting notes as well. Whenever your feelings are about whatever your feelings are about their magazine, I don't think anyone can argue that Marvin Schenken and his boys are highly respected in the cigar world as well. So my question is this. If what you reported is true, and again, I'm not challenging you on it, then wouldn't that mean that the entire Cuban cigar industry has been perpetrating a sham that cigar aficionado would have to be in on it? Is there some conspiracy theory that you can share or are you confused just as I am? Can I answer this? Please. So, so you know, so you <laughs> Please. Know. And I'll say nothing. I am confused. I'm all, I've been confused my whole life. But so so I'll, say, I'll say, first of all, you made a statement that, based on what you observed. Yes. And I was standing right next to you. I observed <laughs> the same thing. So your statement was there were, there were cigars that, were, that came out of the same production tray yeah. that came off the, the same table, maybe from the same roller, that had different uh, shades of wrapper leaf, and that those cigars were separated into two piles. One became one brand, one became the other. Yes. I saw the same thing. Okay. So what I'll tell you is two things. Thank you. Thank one, you. you didn't make a general statement that said every cigar is like that. 
Yeah. Obviously, a bahiki is a bahiki. Yeah. A darker bahiki or a lighter bahiki, they put them in separate boxes or they make them segundos. They don't make them some other brand. Yeah, because they got a little flag on the top of it. It's a different cigar. No, right. No, no, no. But what I will say, and this is not unique to Cuba. If if you went into one of the larger, um, and I don't want to say any particular company name, yeah. uh, factories in the free zone in San Santiago, yeah. Dominican Republic, yeah. <laughs> uh, that has three initials from yes. Europe. If you go into that factory, they 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 do the same thing with some of their lower brands. They mm. they will, and we were what we were in is a factory that was dealing with some of the lower end brands. Yeah, uh, we were in the factory with the lowest end brand at one point in in uh, the Vaquero factory. Yes, but um, in that particular case, what you said was true, and and it's it's not unique to Cuban cigar factories. There are Dominican and Honduran and Nicaraguan yeah, I, cigar I know factories for a fact. that do the same thing, and it's because um, it's because they they have these cigars. They're they have a different aesthetic, and they have two different brands. Wine companies do the same thing. Food company. We, mean, we have private labels that, um, you know, of, of our DOS Ombre and different brands, house brands that we have. Yeah. They, they're another brand. Yeah, I mean. But they're Cal darker or lighter than the other ones. Caldwell's built a whole business yes. based yeah. on putting his label on someone else. So, so I, I think what the letter assumes is that you made this broad, this is the way it is for every Cuban cigar, which I don't think you said. And two, what 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 happened is true. It, it may not be the cigars that this particular guy is smoking. And you could buy a lot of most of the a lot of cigar stores in California survive because they've been selling Cuban cigars for yeah, years. Yeah, so they're all different because <laughs> they the are back, all different out of the back door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So in fact, the largest. I'm not going to say who it is, but there is a guy in the cigar business who's been his family's been in the business a long time. They make more money making fake Cuban cigars than yes, they make. I know just who you're talking right. about. So yeah. they're half of their factory capacity wow. is making fake Cuban. Yeah, and yeah. they're better. I think than a lot of Cuban cigars. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you get a good one, it's a fake. That, yeah. That, that's why it's, it's a good fake at the end of the day. You have to trust your own taste. Yeah. And this Buy is, what you like. Yeah, I'm, I exactly. just reported what I saw with my eyes. That right. was it. Guys. And I saw the same thing on yeah. the same table. Yeah. So so that's it. It's and, and not, nothing wrong with it. You like it, that's it. And that it that whole thing I wrote was because I did the show. We flew back Friday night. I got yeah, home after midnight. Late. And um, we did the show the next day and I just said everything I had to say. I had a bunch of scribble notes and stuff and just said it. And Barry said, why don't you write this thing down? And so I ended up putting the six-day thing together. And that's when it all blew up on me. But and, and, and almost nothing you said was an absolute. You said, hey, this is what I saw. This is what I it. think. And, and, you know, the guy who had the five-hour marathon, uh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, like, for example, the flowers and the plants. That was something you and I talked about yes. a lot. So, well, later they came back and said, was, look, you know, this is a filler farm. This is a filler-growing region. We have a wrapper shortage. Yes. The reason why we put loud the, the flower to, to exist all the way through the priming was because we wanted thinner leaves. Uh, thinner texture means less flavor. Yeah. And less uh, Good answer. body. Logical. So, so they were trying to economically get more wrappers. Yeah. So the guy who argued this said, well, you know, what you don't understand is this, that, the other. Okay, well, let me tell you something. The, the flip side of that is maybe you got a little more wrapper. But all the filler that came from that plant is not as flavorful flavorful as it would have been otherwise right so if it doesn't make the cut as wrapper or binder you still have to use it as filler yeah so you're still using filler that is not as flavorful. flavorful right right so so what you saw was correct what you said was correct they explained it a little further it still has a, a negative thing and at the end of the day i smoked a bunch of cuban cigars i mean when i traveled all over the world all i, I would bring cigars because i a I, I just can't bring myself to pay 25 dollars for a cigar yeah. 
and and B because I just I don't I don't. That's not Cuban cigars are not for me. That's it's just my not my yeah, thing. Yeah. So would you like to use the components? I do. I, we make a cigar in my factory that uses two Cuban uh, components um, for for a private customer in Germany. Okay. And so we've been hmm. we've been blending with Cuban tobacco, and in fact. Um, I've been sitting around with Colin tasting um, different components, getting ready for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hmm. um, and my partners worked with Cuban. I mean, there's an, there's another factory in in Nicaragua that has more Cuban tobacco, um, almost everything you could possibly want. Now, yeah, yeah. would I build a brand around Cuban tobacco? Probably not, because there's no way you're going to be able to get consistent tobacco from Cuba. But I might make a limited edition. <laughs> and this is where it all ties together. So here's a limited release. All right, let's put this that. out. This came out four years ago. Uh, Pass this out. Yeah, Chuck gets one. Yeah. So. Uh, gracias, guys. So uh, I don't know if you remember four years ago, lighting this up. Chuck, were you with I, us? I very much do. You and do? I remember this kicking my ass. Yes. This was the very first cigar that I ever purchased mail order. What? I lived in New York City. And you City. had to buy it from us. I had to buy it Here from we you. Go. <laughs> I, lived, I lived in New York City, so brick and mortars were a dime a dozen. So, you know, I didn't live in the middle of nowhere. Um, so I really never had a need to go to mail order. But you guys came out with the M80. It was a limited edition. Mm -hmm. You were the only shop yeah. to have it in the world. So I bought. So as a retailer, I mean, this really helped us out. I had nothing to do with this, by the way, except the idea of creating the cigar with a long pigtail, a fuse, which was a joke to Pepin Garcia. He was in here rolling. We were on board with Pepin Garcia. I knew him from when he worked in Nicaragua. And when he started his company, for I was, Eduardo. Yes. Yeah. And day one, when he started his company, I was a customer and I worked very, very hard and tried to get his name out there. And he was an amazing guy. And let me help him out any way I can. He was in here. He, uh, we were doing so well. He came in twice to actually sit in the store all day and roll cigars. That's how long ago this went back. And uh, I said, how about you put a little tail on the end of this? And he made one with a little tail. And I said, much, much longer. And I made the, the long tail you see here. He said, uh, loco. And I don't know much Spanish, but he told me I was crazy. And um, I put his band around it, and I said, what do you think? And he said, how many do I want to buy? So I said, I'll take a couple hundred boxes. He said, okay. So he made it for us, and, that, and we created Firecracker. Yep. And later it was copied from us and uh, copied again. And uh, I had a conversation with Pete Johnson, who I went to first actually, for the firecracker, and he said it was crazy. No. And then I went to the guy that makes a cigar, and he said, yes. And I said, listen, you could have been the middleman on this, oh. and you didn't do it. And he says, I know. I made a mistake. How about we make a little bigger firecracker, and we'll come up with something or whatever. We decided it's going to be M80. And uh, we talked about um, the type of tobacco it was going to get used, which was uh, this was something, some sort of tobacco they used on this on a, an original blend uh, way back, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, something remember. from Hawaii or something. Yeah, the T one. Oh yeah, there was the original T fifty one, T one fifty one, T one ten, I think. T one ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, Marvin at our field gave me a box of those, of the original ones. Okay. And I, and I was just thinking how similar it is. I smoked all of them in like five days, a whole box. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with us. We really smoke cigars, so very hard to hold on to something like this. So three hundred thirty three boxes. Um, I did nothing besides pay the bill and 
the phone calls and emails and everything came in like crazy. People came into all our stores, people we never saw before, and we put them out for sale on a Saturday and Sunday. They were all gone, all gone. 300 boxes, which is what I put out there, 100 at each store. The 300 boxes were gone by Sunday, one day, and I hung on to 33 boxes. And I've been putting little things out and having a little fun with it as the year went on. We're getting down to like nothing. And well, it hasn't lost anything. Really? So let me, uh, let me so get this, to it. This, I, this is this is the original. The original. This is the, the first way, one. I was going to ask you: Do you put the fuse through the cutter to cut it? I don't that... know. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I leave I leave the a little bit of a fuse on the ah, side. Okay. I like to try to smoke in just to the beginning of the fuse, just to say I did. Yeah. Okay, it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo. Cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. And this is an excellent cigar, but again, another one that's over my strength profile or body uh, profile. But dark, beautiful, four years old. It's looking good. Yep. And before anybody starts calling, um, unfortunately, we don't have any of these for sale. Correct. However, the re-release of the M80 that Pete says is the same exact blend Um will be of coming sometime in the middle of June. We're actually hoping it'll be by the end of next week because Ed goes on vacation, and if they come in during his vacation, he's going to come in during his vacation just to help out because it's going to be madness. Yeah. Uh, but we're lighting this up today with the Vertigo Churchill, which features four wind-resistant torch flames that change color, making it easy to see the flame on a golf course or outdoors, hiking, in the woods, wherever you are. Um, it has a fold-out cigar punch on the bottom that folds out past vertical, so you can use it on a larger ring gauge. And it has the industry-termed big-ass fuel tank with windows on all three sides. And you would expect this cigar lighter to retail for nearly double than what it does, but it could be had for you today at $24.99 on twoguyscigars.com and all Two Guys Smoke Shop locations. Nice shot, Barry. There we go. Vertigo lighters. Who needs Jonathan? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. I was just yeah. <laughs> hey, you want to go take vacations? This is what you get. <laughs> so the next one you'll see now, the next version of this. You're going to see how will you know that that this version to the other version, and it's opposite the, colors, right? Right. The banding's going to be a little bit different, and the box is a little bit different. Um, so that you'll be able to tell just from those two yeah. things. I, I don't know what it is about. I mean, this is maybe a personal preference, but about broadleaf tobacco from Connecticut River Valley yeah. mm. that just pairs so well with Nicaraguan fillers. Whether it's Maduro, the sweetness from the Maduro, uh, U.S. Connecticut broadleaf, or whether it's like the the the, the aged Connecticut that that Nick uses, which is is very very hard to 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 work with yeah. and to find. But um, it, it to me, that's just my favorite. If every cigar in the world was U.S. Connecticut Broadleaf, I'd be completely okay with it. Yeah, that. that's what you love the most. <laughs> I love it, yeah. Yeah? That's interesting. <laughs> um, it, and you see a lot of San Andreas or what used to be called Mexican tobacco and stuff, everybody using that. Uh, it, it, it seems like it, there's times that certain tobacco is hot, and then it goes away. Cameroon in one day was the hottest thing going, and it's a pre pretty dead product now at this point. It, it's well, I, I think it's kind of like, I mean, like if you have five restaurants in Seattle that they go down to the, the the Fulton Fish Market, and you know this is what came up this time of year. And I think it's it's more sustainable. I, I mean, to, 
to, to, to use what's in the market, you know? And that's why FDA doesn't know what they're talking about right, because right. there's going to be times that there's not going to be bad growing season somewhere, and then we're all going to be in trouble when it comes to that. Uh, right now, it is time for this classic day in classic history brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of epic rap battles. But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In classic history. It is looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? Yes. All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. Undertones, you idiot. Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. Skip, you listen to the show. You know how this works. I do. Okay, you're in? Uh, yeah, I'm in. Okay, we have four questions, three birthdays today, and somebody died today on this day. And uh, we're going to actually... Uh, you're our guest, and we're going to actually let you go last, which is the better uh, process to be in right now. Uh, today is June 6th, and today is Robert Englund's birthday. Robert Englund. Freddy Krueger. That's Freddy. it. The character actor who played Skyrocketed from the horror fame uh, Freddy Krueger in A Nightmare on Elm Street. He acted in A Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 2, 3. Uh, Dream Warriors and earned a nomination for the Best Supporting Actor, uh, leading role in The Phantom of the Opera and Mangler. Uh, and the 2001 Maniacs. Today is Robert Englund's birthday. Barry, what year was Robert Englund born? 1947. Ooh. 53. 53. I, I'm going to say 48. 48, 47 for two points. Come on, Barry. Barry. Put the computer away, <laughs> all right? <laughs> That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Uh, this goes to Chuck. Chuck, Bjorn Borg. Bjorn Borg. Ah, singer. Tennis, no, tennis player. The tennis player. Oh. Swedish tennis ace who won the Wimbledon five years in a row, also won the French nice. Open six times in his career, which re, uh, which was recorded before Rafael Nodel. Rafael Nodel, not the cigar maker, but the tennis player <laughs> who won the seventh. But uh, Bjorn Borg, born today. I have no idea, so I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to write it down too, Barry. 1900. 1900. Wow, I'm still doing my math here, so uh, we're going to go... We'll go to Skip. Go to Skip we'll, now. Gonna, all right, I'm ready. Go ahead, Skip. I'm going to say 69. 69. 1940. 40 will take the Come point. Come on, Barry. What are you 56. doing? 56. Ah, Barry, God. three to zero to zero. Okay, you a hockey fan, Skip? N not really. All right, this ain't going <laughs> to help you, but it's Cam Neely's birthday today. You, you guys are, are I done. Cam, I got I know, a hockey tattoo I know the right Cam here. Neely Foundation, right? Yeah, that same guy? that's yeah. him. Yeah. Hockey player, Hall of Famer. Uh, inducted into the prolific NFL, uh, NHL, NHL uh, Hall of Fame, NHL uh, highest goal scorer. His number eight was retired from the Boston Bruins, scored his 50th goal during the 44th game. Number eight, retired from the Boston Bruins, Cam Neely. What year was he born? Barry. 61. 63. 54. 54 will take the point. Because it's 65. You guys are both over? No, nah, I had 61. He had 63. So he would get it. So he would get it, yeah. 
Well, Chuck gets it. Chuck gets it. I'm sorry. Chuck ah. gets it. Oh, Skippy, you got nothing. We <laughs> only have one left. Premature jubilation. Here we go. <laughs> Story uh, of my life. Died this day. Died today. What year? Not born, but died. Robert F. Kennedy, ah, American ah. soldier, lawyer, politician, 64th United States Attorney General, served under his brother, John F. Kennedy, until his death. And uh, we all know the story how that ended up. Not well. Uh, crowded kitchen and Sirhan Sirhan, a 24-year-old Pakistanian, open fired with a 22 caliber caliber revolver. Kennedy was hit three times and died today. What year? Barry Stein. 72. 67. This is the year he died? Died. Or the, uh, he died. 1966. 67 will take it, Chuck. Wow. 67 at 68. 68, that's it. No points. Uh, you think it was easy. I know you play at home and you say this game is easy, but it's tough when you're here, right? This classic <laughs> like day. Jeopardy. You always know the answer when, you know, when you're not on. <laughs> right. This classic day in classic history is brought to you by Classic Cigars, available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. And just a quick reminder, if it's your birthday, when it's your birthday, come into any Two Guys Smoke Shop location, Salem, Seabrook, or Nashua, New Hampshire, on your birthday, and they will cut and light a free happy birthday cigar for you. Barry Stein, last week's question and answer. It's time for the question of the week, brought to you by Duran Cigars. When the question is, what are you smoking, the answer should be Duran. Duran Cigars combines the best quality tobacco fillers from Nicaragua and Latin America with their super premium Habano Criollo Colorado wrapper. Experience the difference, Duran Cigars. Last week, we asked, when do you believe the Cuban embargo will end? 31% of you believe it will be happen next year, and 28% of you still think it is at least five years away. Mm -mm. No way. What do you think it is? How long, Skip? I think it'll be a process, not an event. I think it'll happen a, a little bit Slow at a time. Yeah. It's not going to be the day it happened. And no. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, and this week, we're going to ask your opinion on limited edition cigars. Do you think there's too many, just enough, or not enough? Let us know what you think, and we'll let you know if we agree. The question of the week was brought to you by Duran Cigars. When the question is, what are you smoking, the answer should be Duran Cigars. Experience the difference. So that's sponsored now this second. It is. You guys got a hold of Jack Durano. We did. He, he did the show last <laughs> we week. We wouldn't let him leave. And we nailed him. So you gotta you gotta worry what's gonna happen. Like that's at two oh five. Yeah. We're thinking the notes, having you sponsor the notes. And I love the idea that you haven't advertised anywhere yet. So Never. and as always, you can vote. It's on the right hand column, currently under the CRA graphic. Um, but later this week, once Duran sends me uh, Duran Cigars graphic, the poll will be right under Duran Cigars so, so, advertising. So you, you get on the advertisement on the website, and you get the sh part of the yes. show, and you, and you get uh doesn't matter what manufacturers we're talking about, Duran Cigars. See how this works? It's I, beautiful. I got you. Value. You're, you're a genius. <laughs> I'm, I'm still focused on the donut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you loud and clear on that one right now. So we're smoking the M80. This is Pete Johnson cigar, limited release cigar. Um, we talked when we were smoking yours that said it was full flavored, yet maybe not full bodied. This one's got to be both, right? This it, is a it's, strong. It's cigar. definitely both. I mean, this has more nicotine for sure. Wow, and man! Still, and still has tons of body. I mean, when you retrohale it, it burns. Oh yeah, it still gets you. <laughs> I, this is a cigar I can't smoke, man. I can't. This, it's too heavy for me. My God. And you know what the thing is? It's not, they don't achieve this. 
what happens is it sometimes um, a lot of times people confuse harsh with strong. No, yeah. So they they a lot of a lot of times they take this under fermented tobacco, and that's how they get strength. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not the case here. That's no. not the case with most of what Pepin does because because when you have that, you fill it in the back of your throat. And you don't have that with this. That's one of the ways you know it's not that ammonia, not the. And right now, I'm super sensitive to ammonia. So anytime I get a green cigar, I'm, I could immediately know it. Right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I can't even walk into the aging room right now. I'm so uh, sensitive to wow. it. But. I can feel my fillings in my teeth. <laughs> really, I'm yeah. like, wow, this is powerful. See, powerful I'm, after four years resting. I'm is. enjoying it. I'm getting like hints of paprika. Paprika. Uh, yeah, a little bit of nuttiness and coffee. Man, it's getting strong. a lot of flavor off of this. I'm definitely ain't getting no Chinese peapods. No. It's right now it's time to take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away, haha. They're coming to take me away. Ho ho hee hee. Ha, ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away. It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80. Asylum Cigars. We've heard it all before. Please hold your applause until the end. This time, however, four people who cheered for their loved ones at a high school graduation have had an arrest warrant issued against them for not waiting. On May 21st in Senatobia, Mississippi, at the Senatobia High School graduation, the cheers of La Cadra and You Did It Baby have resulted in parents and siblings facing a $500 fine, Crazy. court costs, and possible jail sentence for disturbing the peace. As a result, those charged in the community think the charges are ridiculous. However, Superintendent Jay Forster doesn't think so, as the request to wait until the end was printed in the program and spoken before the reading of the names. According to Forster, the goal was to allow all graduates to have the privilege of hearing their names. We can now list freedom of speech as things under attack, and that's not only insane, but it's asylum. All right, that guy Foster, he's going to get fired. They're coming to take me away. Huh? Do they have the They're right to find to somebody? Who are they to, right? to place a fine? Or chill? I, I, I was just impressed that Barry pronounced Sinatoba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He's been practicing all week. He actually reached out to the police department in Sinatoba, Mississippi, and got the chief of police to side with him wow. where, the, where the police department was the one that issued the arrest. Per perfect story because that is insane. That is asylum. Next week, we have a special taping on Thursday, June 11th. That's this Thursday, June 11th at 4 p.m. Eastern with Nick Perdomo. He's coming into town. We're going to grab him. We're going to tape the show at that point. You want to listen in live. That is this Thursday, June 11th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Chuck, you ready? Let's do it, baby. Okay, while you're enjoying life to its fullest, it's important to be debonair. And how to be more gentleman-like and more debonair is gentleman Chuck Morrison. Do you need a gentleman? Gentleman. I'm a gentleman. Do you need a gentleman? <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me 
gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts, switch on your electronic devices, and pump up the volume. You need a gentleman? And this is The Gentleman's Way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never, ever be subtracted from one's life. Today, gentlemen, the gentleman's guide to swearing. Swearing isn't cool, and it isn't going to make you any more gentlemen. Okay, I'll admit that in some circumstances, a well-timed curse word is both effective at summarizing the situation at hand or in effective storytelling. However, cutting down on the everyday swearing will have a positive effect on yourself and those around you and is certainly something you need to do to be debonair. Showing consideration for the people around you by not dropping the F-bomb every 30 seconds when you're angry is not only a sign of maturity, but one of innate calmness and confidence in yourself. Something that is the hallmark of a debonair gentleman. F that. That's the, that's the debonair's <laughs> that's, that's way. That's total bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's brought to you by debonair cigars and rum. Question always is, Skip Martin, are you gentlemen and debonair? I'm not. I know. I'm not. F you, you're F and F. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, so our thoughts on the M80? Strong. So far, strong, flavorful, definitely high in nicotine. I, I wonder what this next one's going to be like. Uh, if this is after four years of aging since we've had it, uh, I can't imagine what's going to come. But uh, right now, we're going to go to break. Uh, guess who's coming on the Cigar Authority? We're going to look to our calendar. And the Mr. Jonathan dance-off with a distinguished cigar manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to happen. And we'll tell you about that and lots more. Old Fod Freddy, we'll see what he's thinking and lots more. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Savor this moment, the sparks of conversation, the anticipation of that first draw. Savor the story shared over a cigar like this, a cigar that makes this moment classic. Diablo Classic. Savor a composition of handcrafted Dominican leaf, graced with notes of 25-year-old tobacco. Richly complex, yet remarkably smooth. Savor a harmony of creamy, balanced flavors. A duet of two cigar virtuosos, jazz and cigar legend Avo Uvazian and master blender Hendrik Kellner. A cigar meant to be shared with friends old and new. The Avo Classic. Savor every note. Visit your local tobacconist or see the complete AVO line at avo.com. I'd like to file a missing persons report. I've lost my one true love. Uh, what does she look like? She is like no other. Her skin, dark, simply gorgeous. Not slender, but firm to the touch. Well, we'll do everything we can for you, sir. The night we met over a fine scotch, it was love at first sight. Details. I need details, sir. Well, she's about five and a half inches tall. You mean five feet tall? No, inches. Oh, she's a mid, a dwarf, uh, a little person. No, 
She's a cigar. Ah, right, sir. Is she a Fleur de Lorraine cigar? The cigar that men around the world are falling in love with? Yes. Oh, I've seen this before. Louie! Yeah? Uh, get him a Fleur de Lorraine cigar and a list of United Cigar retailers to carry it. Fleur de Lorraine cigars. Simply gorgeous. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailers across the country. Fleur de Lorraine. Stop missing out. Mr. Jonathan, a shadowed figure spinning tunes on records that do not exist. Mr. Jonathan, a young cigar smoker on a crusade to champion the oldies, top 40, and yes, even country, with a host of DJs that operate above the mix. Mr. Jonathan is my dance instructor. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ. Mr. Jonathan is me. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com, your one stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. He reads the dictionary just for fun. He finds the minutiae of tax preparation enthralling. Years ago, at an open mic night, he was paid just to leave. He is the only man to win a staring contest with the Statue of Liberty. He is so uninteresting to women, he was forced to open a cigar shop to sell to men. He's not even a legend in his own mind. He finds himself boring. His family barely pays attention to him, and his mother refers to him as... Hey you, he is David Garofalo, the least interesting man in the cigar world. Not since Zeno Davidoff has a cigar retailer had a brand named after him. The man himself may be a bore, but the cigar isn't. Garofalo is a premium handmade luxury cigar using U.S. shade wrapper and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers and binder. Complex and very interesting. Garofalo may be the most interesting cigar in the world. It once won a longest ash contest without even being lit. You don't light a Garofalo, it lights you. Its flavor expands on your palate faster than the universe. It has been said that this cigar would be phenomenal as a Maduro, except it's perfect as it is. I always smoke cigars, and when I do, I prefer Garofalo. Keep smoking Garofalo, my friends. Hey, Jack, I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. Really? What's it called? Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal? Is it really different from the other magazines? It is. Cigar Journal is all about cigars. None of the nonsense you see in other magazines. Really? Yeah, it has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. Is it a little newsletter? No, I think you'll be very impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, a thick cover, and is strictly for the cigar enthusiast. They cover cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. That sounds interesting. Where can I buy it? Cigar Journal is available at local cigar retailers and on the web at www.cigarjournal.co. That's cigarjournal.co. I'll sign up today. This is Eric Hansen from Hammer and Sickle Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. 
And we're back live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studio. Cigar News with Bad News Barry and Good News Barry, who's taking a spot for Mr. Jonathan, who's away on vacation today. He's also, in Vermont getting married. Yeah, you think so? I think so. And uh, he is already married. He's already married. Also, Old Five Freddy, new trademarks and lots more. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. We have Skip Martin from Roma Craft with us. Right now, we're smoking the M80, which came out from Pete Johnson via the My Father Cigar Factory four years ago. We're waiting for the release uh, any day now of the M80 uh, coming out after a four-year hiatus. Uh, we would call this a store exclusive, I guess. Mm. Uh, very limited store exclusive that has come back a second time. Uh, can it become a ongoing, always have it, uh, we'll work on that. Uh, but to be honest with you, I try to be honest when I tell you about how what I taste in cigars and things, not in my wheelhouse uh, because it is so full, full-bodied, full-flavored. Uh, my my uh, taste buds are going crazy right now. This is heavy on my chest. Wow, it's just way you, too You much. don't smoke it, it smokes you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so if that's the kind of thing you're into, maybe it'll be available uh, next week or the week after. But uh, Well, the guy that said you can't taste a cigar after 10 cigars, Yeah, you could definitely taste this one after 10 cigars. Yeah, yeah, it takes this one on and on. Wow. So, yeah, uh, 10 cigars a day, no problem. Yeah, and, you know, my thing is I don't like to light a cigar and not finish it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of guys, I mean, like um, – tons of guys in the business that smoke an inch two inch of a cigar and but then, it changes you yeah. know especially if you're tasting to see how the cigar is and how how it's going to evolve yeah. or it's if it's going to evolve we smoked all our cigars while we we're down there all of yeah. them you know i'm not gonna yeah. you know these are expensive cigars and i wanted to see what they were like and i'm going to smoke all the way through it so uh barry new cigars hitting the shelves trademarks what do you got well each week we share the newest cigars to arrive at twoguyscigars.com and this week those editions are Tis the season of TAA limited editions, and this week saw the arrival of the LaFleur Dominicana TAA 47, which was voted on by members of the TAA. The members had three sizes to choose from, and the winner was a 5.5 by 52, which features a Habana wrapper over a San Andreas binder with Nicaraguan and Dominican fillers. By the way, Barry, I won because that's the size I said it was going to win. I would have lost. I would have chosen the box press. Yeah. Well, you, you said it based on which one would sell the most. Yes. <laughs> and that, that's what they should be choosing, yeah, right? right? <laughs> These are all retailers. You know what's so funny? They're not consumers. They're retailers. Yeah, I always say, like, the you know, you, you look at your POS data, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, right? yeah. And so what rings the register is, is the review. Yeah. Like the it people that voted with their wallet, <laughs> exactly. absolutely. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anyone says. Yeah. It's like if you know, I love this cigar. Hey, I'll buy a box of those. This then, is, then those are the ones you really like. This is a big thing that has to do with when we do the cigar of the year. And there'll be geeks out there that say, "Are you kidding me? That's complex and stuff and thing." And it, it, a customer or something. And I said, "You bought two singles. I can look at his information." I said, "You bought two singles. You bought a box of those. Right, right. I don't. I don't care what you're saying. You told me that you like this better. Well, you know, it's better price and blah 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 exactly. blah. Whatever. Exactly. Whatever." <laughs> also, Hammer and Sickle saw the release of the super limited edition Double Eagle, which is limited to 170 boxes of ten. Did we get them? Yes, we did. The oh. last two limited editions of Sochi and Dalius sold out relatively fast, and this <laughs> yeah. one is close to selling out as well. Boxes of 10 are under $100. I haven't even seen it yet, so I have to grab a hold of that. I'll tell you, here's a limited release that came out last year from him, Sochi. Awesome. Only 100 boxes he made, so 
uh, he's he's local. He's in Massachusetts here, and he came in and said, "So, how many are you gonna want?" And I said, "I don't want to be a pig, but all of them." And he said, "Okay." <laughs> so, so you want to pair that with the Moscow Mule, by the way? Yes, you do. The following trademark applications for registration were submitted this week under tobacco products, and they were PDR cigar files for B crop, Gurkha filed for two governors and chairman select, La Aurora filed for Bigfoot. And Two Guys Smoke Shop files for Dos Amigos. Well, we filed and we got it. Yep. And that's the uh, trademarks and it. new releases this week. Awesome. Dos Amigos, which is two guys really yeah. also. But it a actually, we have Dos Ombre and we have two guys. But Dos Amigos we did because I actually saw an article uh, in a Boston magazine. It was the first imported Cuban cigar in Boston was Dos Amigos. So I said, cool. let me see if I can get it. I got it, but can I ever come out with a cigar? That's up to the FDA to decide. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break uh, the script really quick before yep. it scrolls off screen. Uh, DJ in the chat room wants me to ask Skip, what's up with the uh, Aquitaine Cro-Magnon Pestra Morena? The... Yeah, I don't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> no, you don't even know how to pronounce it, but but Barry didn't get it either, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's uh, so what he's talking about is um, we have a one of the, we don't have a whole lot of new products ever at the trade show. We have one thing that's new. It's the uh, it's a Catador, a sampler. It's something we've been doing. Uh, people like it's it's all of our lines in one size. So, okay. So this is a four by forty six sampler. It has a four by forty-six in the in the Autopadoc in the Connecticut, which is a production cigar, the charity and the intrigue. And then three new cigars. Uh, one is the four by forty-six in the Neanderthal, which is called the HOXD. And then we have uh, HOXD rolls off your tongue. What yeah. does that mean? It's the human genome. The, the oh, yeah, it's a part of the DNA strain. All right, yeah. All right. cool. And so um, there's two Cro Magnon and Aquitaine four by forty-sixes that are also in the sampler. <laughs> And it's the woman cave is what it translates to. All right. And it's uh, it's where they found the first female Cro-Magnon. Oh, really? Okay. Is yeah. this something new? Um, that's something we've been making for about four years. It's a Candela. Uh, you know, being an old school guy, my grandfather used to smoke. Sure. Everyone's grandfather used to smoke These are the green cigars out there. That yeah. And so um, we, we use a really thick, dark Candela so that the wrapper's not as fragile. Yeah. And it just is right over the top of our Cro-Magnon. And we've been making that for an event in D.C. Uh, for the B&B Cigar Club. And people really like it. I mean, for me, I, I really believe, and a lot of people have said this, that that's the best Candela cigar I've ever smoked. So. We will be the judge of that because yeah. we'll smoke that later. Is it very light? No, what it is, you know, Candela is very bitter. And so the 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 uh, body in the Nicaraguan fillers, and particularly the kind of that meat fat that comes from the Pueblo Nuevo, really offsets that bitterness. So, and also the large ring gauge helps. All right, uh, and it's going to be regular production or just for that store? Um, the problem is the wrapper. Um, and it goes back. To the really? problem. The problem is we get that wrapper from Omar at Natsa, and yeah. there's only so much of it yields out. He used to he used to just throw it in with all the other stuff, but. We pay like double what <laughs> you would think it would be less money. Yeah, because um, they don't have to go through that fermenting part of it. Of it's still it yields very high, like 10, 10 pounds yeah. per thousand, but it's still twenty eight, twenty eight, thirty bucks a pound. It's wow. still pretty expensive. These these growers are making you money. Also did, you also did a barber pole version that was for uh, a charity uh, silent auction. Yeah, so um, which I had. Yeah, I was bidding against the guy from Leaf and Bean Vegas. Yeah, we realized we were bidding against each other, and we decided to split the box. Yeah, nice. so I mean, you know, we talk about limited editions. There's a lot of store exclusives we do, but one of the things we do in the factory is every 
our factory is a lot different in the sense that people make different uh, sizes. So like one pair may in the morning work on 56s, but in the afternoon work on 52s. Um, so on Fridays, just kind of throw, throw a little bit of fun into it. Uh, most of the day Friday is when they do the small production stuff, like the different mm. sizes. And, um, and, and every Friday, each one of the people gets to kind of do something of their own which sometimes like a special shape or a special kind of thing, which eventually may come something or just is something I give people mm. like the, the BBMF. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. You know. I saw uh, on social media, you did your office up. I think that's your office where it's uh, all the cigars are displayed up into the, into the, uh... yeah. So in the front of the factory, uh, we built a, basically a walk-in humidor okay. where we, where we now show all the products we make in the factory. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, um, and it, because because people would come to the factory and then you'd have to walk around through okay through the packaging area and go yeah this box this is something we make yeah yeah you yeah know? so 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 we we basically set it up on one side like a retail shop okay so that you can walk in and see how all of our stuff would look if you gave us all the space we needed yeah 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 <laughs> we, yeah we, we need a lot of space and then the and then the other side is just like a diamond with loose cigars because um, people come in and we give them cigars so it's easier to have them already out of our yeah, inventory. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Okay, um, Old Fat Freddy, you ready? Let's do it, baby. Uh, my favorite section, by the way. It's time <laughs> to step into the aging room. Sometimes aging makes a great cigar even better, just like aging room cigars. They're made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobaccos. And here in our aging room is Old Fat Freddy. Nowadays, using the N-word is considered very bad. In my day, we used the N-word every time we heard a man whining like a little girl, a Nancy. Nowadays, people are very careful about referring to hand-holding men as the F-word. In my day, if you saw two men dressed to the nines walking down the street and they happened to be holding hands, you called them exactly what they were, fancy. Nowadays, they say it's plain wrong to call your wife the dreaded C-word. I say, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then my wife, the cook, better cook that duck and have it on the table before I get home. We were Nancy calling fancy pants wearing men that weren't afraid of the C word. Sometimes aging makes a great cigar even better. Just like aging room cigars. Made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobacco. Try aging room cigars from boutique blends. Some things are better aged. Some are not. I just don't understand why I have to wear these tight-ass fancy pants to read this bit. This is radio for <laughs> sake. No one can see me. <laughs> so is old, old, is old Fart Freddy debonair? No. No, no he's no. not debonair. <laughs> he works over in the uh, Nashua store, and uh, he does this every week because it was the perfect thing because that's, that's who he is. <laughs> if you want to meet uh, Fred, he's over there. Um, what do you think of... Uh, Rafael Nadal aging rum just did a Romeo and Juliet blend or whatever that was all about. What's up with that? I think it's. I mean, it's good for them. I mean, you know, I, you, you think the Romeo wants to say, okay, we're uh, boutique. His his uh, connection to boutique because they can't claim their boutique. You know, I, I went to. I, I'll, I'll give you a short. So I went to the Dominican on a trip with Barry actually. Mm -hmm. um, maybe three, four, five years, five six, years, six years. I don't yeah. know how long ago, but, um, and I had, and I was with, uh, David Diaz from doc Stogie fresh, one of my good friends. Yeah. And, uh, we had this interview with Dan Carr and Dan Carr slid a, a, a box of, uh, Macanoodle ascots across the table that went over like a lead balloon. Huh? And, and he basically, <laughs> his, his point was 
I sell more of these than 80% of the companies sell cigars. That's right. I make more money off of these, yeah. this skew. Yeah, it's the number one skew in the world. Then, then the bottom, then the, the the second tier of cigar companies make combined in revenue, right? Wow. And so, at the same time, while while he was giving us that speech, even though he would never admit this, you know they sit in rooms, and, and I know for a fact they sit in a room and, and they go, well, what's happening with sales in this region? Well, this store is off. Why is this store off? You know, talk to the sales manager. <laughs> well, you know, we used to have this space in the humidor. Now it belongs to aging room. Who? Yeah, know, yeah, aging room or aroma. Yeah. Who? Who yeah. is that? Like you know, well, why are they okay, there? Go go buy on? some of their cigars and bring them in here. Okay, these are good cigars. Why are they stealing our business? Like they can't figure it out. They can't figure out why we get eighty five, ninety percent of the talk. Yeah, yeah. And and you know how we're eating one, two percent of their sales. And so what they're doing is they're using the FDA as a hammer against yes, us to cut out. I agree, 100%. competitive. And I had, you know, there's it's ugly. There's a ugly, diplomat. Ugly truth. There's a diplomat in this business who, who who messages me frequently who who will never say this. You know who we're talking yep, about, yep. right? And 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 I and I said, well, you know, you're a diplomat. You, go, you know, these guys are screwing us. It's you know, the FDA is just a tool. Everybody, I know, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> everybody talks about the FDA as if it's this evil entity. It's really not. No, no, that's not their job to put people out of business. Well, it, it, they're just a tool that interest groups are using and that our own industry competitors have used against. In fact, the only reason the FDA is really in our business right now, to be honest, goes back to like, for example, when Cretex started making, when they, clove, out, when they outlawed yeah. clove cigarettes and they started making clove cigars, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, when you, when you can no longer draw the line between what is a cigar and what is yeah. a, another mm -hmm. tobacco product, it's like, well, screw it. We'll just legislate everything. Yeah, yeah. So we have the unforeseen consequence is cigars. That's what's happening. Yeah, and when I when I went to when I met with the people in D.C., my my discussion had nothing to do with tobacco. I mean, all their meetings I think have to do with hey, let's carve the rule this way so it screws these guys and yeah, helps yeah. us. Or my discussions were about border security, oh. um, socioeconomic instability in in the Dominican and in Nicaragua and Honduras. Um, I mean, I'm telling you, if this law passes in July, the people who are going to be affected are the people who get laid off the first week of August. Yeah. And they're going to be the single mothers. Yeah. And they're going to be, they're going to be people who, who make $2,000, $2,500 a year. And the, the people, those little bodegas that they support will, will go out of business. And then they will be in the streets, and then Daniel Otego come, will come up in his entourage, yeah. and he will be a man of the people, and, you know. And then, you know, the, the kind of quiet, you know, if you watch Venezuelan TV, which is on in Nicaragua all the time. I've missed it. There's one, <laughs> there's one show after another of Venezuela TV where they, all they do is cuss America. Yeah. Like, all, they hate America. I mean, the propaganda. The yeah, people yeah. of Venezuela, I'm sure they don't. Sure. Yeah. They love them. I mean, they, like Cuba. Like yeah, the like Cuba everywhere. people, yeah. But. I'm telling you, that is what will happen in Nicaragua. Yeah. That, because everything north of Sebaco and Nicaragua. That's interesting you said that because there's another spin to, to let them understand what, what's about to happen. And, if, and, and the thing is, they don't think about that. Yeah. The, the, mm. the, 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 the health police and the, you know, the, the, who do you think's behind anti smoking? Well, it's not just the American Cancer Society and the American Heart Association. It's, the people who are who are the pharmaceutical companies that are selling the anti-smoking drugs. Yeah, it's yeah. The, it's all this big course, money. So, um, you know, just I mean, I wish it was enough just to say, "Hey, I'm an adult. Let me do what I want to do." But it, unfortunately, that's not enough. And yeah, um, hopefully, I really believe 
the OMB really was the, the, the best thing that happened in the last year where they came and said, wait, I think you guys are underestimating the real economic impact mm. on small business. And so when they kind of came out and said that and it's like, hey, you got to reevaluate this. You know, I don't know. The $10 thing is oh, complete BS. Yeah. But, but hopefully, and, and, I, and I don't put any faith in that people in Washington will do the right thing, but hopefully what will happen is we will, we will get together as a group of people. I mean, I was on a call with Christian and, and he and I and, and, and EP Korea and a few other people who've kind of come out with brands after 2007 yeah. are really focused on that aspect. So It's good. I hope it works. Bad news, Barry. Got any more dread to, to add to this? Unfortunately, always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New Jersey is close to passing a law that will make it illegal to smoke in a car if a person under 18 is present. However, police will not be able to enforce the law unless the car was already pulled over for a secondary violation such as speeding. In China, it is now illegal to smoke in restaurants, bars, and public spaces. Those who violate the rule will be fined the equivalent of 27 U.S. dollars, and their names will also be published in an attempt to shame them. The Czech, shame you! The Czech government, which in the past has decided not to ban smoking, has done so at bars and restaurants. In Massachusetts, the Senate has passed a 200%... 10% tobacco yeah. tax on flavored cigars. <laughs> For this to become law, it still needs to pass the House and get the governor's signature. Lastly, the California Senate, the California Senate passed a bill that will require a person to be 21 to purchase tobacco. There's still a few more hurdles, oh including the governor's signature, for that to become law. Awful. All right, you got one good one? I got two good ones. All right, good. Earlier this year, the Democratic governor of Pennsylvania proposed a 40% tax on cigars. This week, that proposal was defeated with a vote of 193 to nothing. Great. While yeah. taxation of cigars is still possible, the initial proposal was defeated. Only two, three states left, so Pennsylvania squeaks by. Yeah, but that, that thing in Pennsylvania is they had to, it was an up-down vote on the whole package. Yes. So they voted against income tax and, yeah, yeah, and a yeah. bunch of other oh. stuff. So. It was, there, there, it was no, it was no victory for us. We just happened to slide in. Yeah, under the <laughs> we got, we got them under the right thing. Right? And lastly, quitting smoking might be bad for your health if you suffer from type two diabetes, according to the Health Improvement Network, which studied the records of 35 million patients. According to the report, research shows quitting smoking leads to weight gain and the worsening of blood sugar. And that's it's working for me and Barry. That's anyway. the good news this week. <laughs> hey, I lost 55 pounds yeah, in, did the, in 30 days. The right? hard way. <laughs> hard way. Um, okay. So right now, time for the best tweets of the week. How are we doing this? I'll do it. You're going to do it. Okay. It's on you. Brought to you by Recluse Cigars. And it's time for Social Media Segment, brought to you by Recluse Cigars, the cigar that was built on social media. All Recluse Cigars go through eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years to guarantee you balanced flavor. Try a recluse cigar today. And these are the best tweets I saw all week. When I'm on my deathbed and all my friends and family are there, I want my last words to be, I left a million dollars in the... <laughs> so if a firefighter's business can go up in smoke and a plumber's business can go down the drain, can a hooker get laid off? <laughs> <laughs> I like birthdays, but I think too many can kill you. Yes, sir. If you put a DVD of Frozen and a DVD of Dante's Peak into the same DVD player, Waterworld begins playing. Yeah. 
I, yeah, thought, I thought they would be better than Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always losing my car keys, my temper, and my patience. So losing my weight should be a breeze. Week. And the best tweet that I saw all week. Here it comes. I have sex almost every day. Almost Monday, almost Tuesday, <laughs> almost. That is the social media segment brought to you by Recluse Cigars, Rolled and Bar, the old Cuban way. And two bar. For an effortless and perfect draw every, every time. time. Okay, Mr. Jonathan, you keep your job. <laughs> Uh, looking quickly through our calendar, I want to remind you again, next week's show uh, will be Nick Perdomo. We'll be taping it Thursday, the 11th this Thursday, from 4 to 6 o'clock. You can listen live, go to the Cigar Authority, and listen live if you like. Uh, the following week, we have Nesta Miranda from Miami Cigar joining us with Jason Wood and Tatiana for our Father's Day show. Uh, but I'm going to go all the way down to September 5th. September 5th is going to be the dance-off. And uh, we're bringing in a manufacturer who wants to do a dance-off with Mr. Jonathan, a reputable guy, man, who wants to do a dance-off. Three different dances. Oh, we're going to share did. who? I am. Three different dances with um, three different kinds of music. Right. And Jonathan, Mr. Jonathan, does three different dances with the music. Skip, who is this manufacturer? I don't. You said they were distinguished. So well, I know after they won't be. Yes, they will not <laughs> any, be. This, any is, this is the end of it. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the only the only person I could think of is Clint Aaron. We would do something like that, but I don't know how, how connected he is with you guys. So uh, he is connected actually with Mr. Jonathan. Believe him, not Clint Aaron is, but it's not Clint Aaron. It's Omar DeFrias from Fratello Cigars. Wow. Yes, Omar. <laughs> so this is the end of Fratello Cigars as we know it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he got bad advice on that. that he <laughs> brought it up. He brought this to us. We did not bring it to him. So, uh, Omar, I don't know what you're thinking, but this thing is on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Who's going to be the dancing partner? They're bringing in some girls. They're bringing in a girl for certainly for Omar because <laughs> Jonathan said, you know, I'll be your dancing partner if you want. I can play. Right. The girl, which we all know he, he does well. <laughs> and now we know why. Omar he's said thank you, now but no. <laughs> so they're bringing in a couple of pros, and uh, we'll actually do it in the store before the show, and we'll talk about it. Omar's new cigar, the new blend, the white one, yes. is excellent. Really? He's, he's yeah. bringing it forward, so yeah. uh, we'll see excellent. that. I haven't tried it. By the way, the chat room says that the tweets of the week were far better with Chuck doing it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're just saying that because yeah, it's just jabs. Yeah. Yes. But uh, final thoughts on the M80. Strong, flavorful, exactly how as I remember it when it first came out. It'll be interesting to see if you let us uh, smoke one of these again side by side with the new release. Yeah, we can do that. It's kind of mellowed out as it's gone uh, mm -hmm. down the line here a little bit. Not for me, man. That's <laughs> it. I'm putting it down, and I appreciate the hard work and effort that went into it, but not up my my wheelhouse for sure. So, Skip Martin, thank you so much for taking the ride out here, and Welcome I'm glad to, you. to see you're, you're, you're healthier, and uh, we look forward to uh, the new stuff you're coming out with. Uh, the big thing at the show for you, do you want to say it? Um, big, we just keep doing the same thing consistently and sell it at a good price. There we go. How do you beat that? That's real <laughs> business, folks. You don't have to go to limited releases. It's the same thing. Consistent quality, consistency, affordability. That's what uh, people are looking for, I think. Yep. But uh, if you think any differently, you can always uh, find us and uh, 
write us a letter and we'll read it out loud on the show sometimes. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you say bad stuff, we'll, we'll do it anyway. So uh, I, I think for every email they write you, yeah. they, they should also write one to their representative and their senator. Yes, how about that deal? <laughs> how about that deal? Because cool. we they, we get a lot of uh, they would get a lot of letters. That's right. for sure. Okay, reminder again. Next week we are taping the show Thursday. This Thursday from 4 to 6 o'clock Eastern Time, uh, joining us will be Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars Live in Studio for vacationing. Mr. Jonathan, Barry Stein, Chuck Morrison, and Skip by my side. Uh, I'm David Garofalo. You've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. And if you learned anything in the last two hours plus, remember to always keep the lit end out of your mouth. See you next week. Good advice. Take a trip into another world. CAO Columbia. The newest addition to CAO's World Blends is a delicious addition to the CAO collection. It's the first cigar to prominently feature Colombian tobacco and is a mild to medium-bodied blend boasting notes of toasted nuts sprinkled with briny nuances. Using a tobacco from the isolated mountainous region of Colombia, Aiku Mazinga Tobacco is a unique and rare find that provides a smoking experience you won't forget. For a savory smoke that takes you to another world, visit CAO Columbia. Two guys rock. Two guys rock. With a billion choices. So he had this is Pat Whitley. Can I have your attention for a second? I want to tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact that I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. With a million choices, Stogie Heaven.